And welcome, listeners, to the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am your host, John Allen, and today I will be having a discussion with Mr. Jon Ivan Melby. He is a police superintendent here in Norway, and he is a supervisor of detectives. Hello, Jon. Hi, John. How are you? You know, I'm doing great. I, uh, as I was telling you before we went live, I've been looking forward to this uh, for the last couple of days. I, uh, as you know, I have a history, a background as a police officer in the States. So anytime I get to converse with one of my brothers here in Norway, it's just, uh, I, I like it. It's just, uh, it's fun. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. It's going to be really interesting talking to someone with uh, experience from another country doing the same thing. You know, and, and it, it is truly a brotherhood. Um, we're going to talk about this later. There are some drastic differences between police work in America and police work in Norway, and we'll talk about that. But yeah. in spite of those differences, it is a brotherhood. Um, no doubt. I can, I can remember when I was uh, at the Police Training Institute at the University of Illinois. That's where I studied okay. and, and, and got my accreditation as a, as a police officer. We right. had two exchange students from Russia. Really? And that was fascinating. Two exchange students from Russia studying under so. our police program. It was, it was, it was very interesting. Wow. But, 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 you know, and those are, this, you know, this was 20 some years ago. So this was when, you know, the cold, cold war was over, but there was still, it was still a little chilly in the air. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you could still find some brotherhood even though. Even, even in spite of that, well, I, I, yeah. I will say this, the first couple of days of, of that school, uh, nobody dared to talk to them and they didn't try to talk to us. It was just kind of, they were there and it was this strange okay. cloud okay. of mystery in there but little by little after a few days they loosened up we loosened up and and yes the brotherhood came out i mean it's it is a brotherhood over international borders absolutely that is very interesting i remember i was um i was actually uh, uh celebrating my well you could actually call it a bachelor party but i i went to las vegas with a couple of my friends um in advance of my uh, of my wedding um, and that's the first time I traveled abroad and actually met other police officers ah. um, in another country. And I remember distinct, uh, distinctively that uh, that meeting, and we we had long conversations with a patrol with two officers that uh, that came to actually uh, handle um, a situation that was happening outside of the bar where we were. Ah, okay. And uh, that's, so that's why I've been looking forward to this because we just got we we had we had twenty minutes of talking maybe, and now maybe we'll have some more. <laughs> and, uh, I tried briefly to 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 get uh, to get, get some information from them about how they did their job, but I mean, there was some beer involved. It's uh, not, uh, <laughs> that's not the case today. So, so you're, you're we'll saying, have a more interesting discussion. <laughs> yeah, all I all I have is a glass of water here, so uh, that sounds. Good, I'll be I'll be speaking good. clearly. <laughs> I'm actually in my uh, in my office right now, so um, no alcohol here either. Do you? Uh, oh, you're at you're you're actually at the the, the police station now. Yeah, just for some peace and quiet. Okay, yeah. Wow. For this conversation. Check out Yon Ivan taking this episode serious. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not taking this lightly. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to put it into words. How much I've been looking forward to this. I, um, when I first came here to Norway, um, and I literally came straight from the job. I mean, I was working right up until I moved here. My wife came here a little okay. bit before me. My wife is Norwegian. She came right. here a little bit before me. I worked up until just a couple of days before I actually got on the plane 
and came right. here. And my last day on the job, there was a um, there was a robbery locally. A guy had robbed a uh, uh, a grocery store, and <clears throat> just by chance, my partner and I, as we were driving down the road, we see the guy running across the road. Oh, that's so fun. it was a foot chase and the guy was armed, it turned out. And it was right. so that was my last day on the job. That's how I left the job. <laughs> well, that's a good way of finishing. What, where do you see yourself now? Now, you've come quite a ways. Uh, you've been an officer for nine years now. Yeah. And you're already in a supervisory position um, after nine years. That happened pretty quick. Where do you no see yourself in another nine or 10 years? What are the, in other words, what are the opportunities for you to advance within the police system here in Norway? Well, uh, it's an interesting question and it's, um, it's very correct the way you said it because I am, uh, it is very early for me to have this uh, job, this super, uh, did you call it a super, uh, supervisor, supervisor, yeah. su supervisor yeah. of detectives. And, and yeah, for my, for my little, true. for my little knowledge that I know about the police system, that is, uh, uh, you are to be commended because you have risen to that level fairly quickly. So congratulations on that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I'm 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 34 years old, and uh, that is, um, and as you said, I worked for nine years, and um, not many get that uh, job at such a young age. But I'm in interview. That was one of my main points that I see myself in this job in 10 years. Okay, because uh, because this is actually my dream job. This is what I've always wanted to do. Wow. I mean, at least since I joined the police. Um, and, uh, so you've had that focus, you've had that goal and that focus in mind from day one. Yeah. But I always thought that it was going to happen later on. I always thought that I would have, uh, that I would have to have 20 years on my back before I would even be able to have this opportunity. And to be fair, I was, I was slightly lucky with the timing, uh, because there was, um, there was a job opening, uh, and, um, a more experienced individual than myself applied and got the job. But then she, cause this was a, a woman, she uh, pulled out of the job for personal reasons. Um, and then I just, I, I, I went at it and we were just three people applying for it. And as I said, one of my main um, arguments for them to choose me was that I'm young, that this is a job that is, um, so important that if you choose a, a police officer that is going to retire um, just a few years after they've been hired, then you won't get the development uh, in the fairly newly um, appointed job because this is not a this is was a new uh, what's it called this this job was um, created yeah. uh, just just a year ago. Uh, for this purpose. Um, I think that's fascinating. That is very interesting and very um, good thinking on your part to present it to them that way. That, yeah. you know, take me, I'm young. I will be yeah. here for years to come. There can be some yeah. continuity in this division of our police department. That, what, what, that a great was, way, what a great way of looking at it. Yeah, that was basically uh, word for word, just in Norwegian, what I said. Hey, <laughs> what said there. see, there's that brotherhood. We think alike. Yep, yep. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> No, so it's um, it's it's a newly um, uh, the organization in the entire of Norway, the entire country has changed over the yes, last few years, as you may as you may have uh, noticed, yes, um, or, or read about. So uh, our police district just got ten times as big. 
um as if it wasn't big uh, enough already (laughs) exactly especially especially out here in the rural countries where uh, the distances between i mean there are not a lot of police officer per capita here yeah do you have any numbers on uh, that how many police per capita in your district well we're low um if you uh if you look at oslo and probably drummond where uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm also is the highest with more than um, well probably three officers per thousand uh, inhabitants. Okay, we're just above one here, I think. Wow. Um, and, and the government's uh, well uh, outspoken goal is for the entire country to be uh, two, two officers per a thousand. Um, People, I just don't uh, see. But, it they, but they look at, but they no, and they look at the average. So they're 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 satisfied with Oslo being higher, us being lower. When I guess, I guess, if you're just looking yeah. for statistics, that's a good way of looking at it. But in practical terms, you know, and I know from living um, most of my time in Norway, we've lived up north, first in Finnmark, mm-hmm. uh, West Finnmark, and then in Nordrums. So we, we felt it, and my wife and yeah, I. Yeah, right. Where, what were you going to do if something happened? Ex- exactly. So we kind yeah. of always had this feeling of, well, one, one thing my friends back home in America asked me, they, they would say, oh, I bet you feel so much safer in Norway than you did in mm-hmm. the Chicago area. And my answer to that is no. I felt safer back in the Chicago area because if something happened, there's, you know, there's, there's tons of police protection to be had. The police is literally two minutes away, Paul. Literally two minutes away. Uh, my yeah. wife was the unfortunate uh, victim of, of, a, of a crime, and she had to call the police. I was actually working when this uh-huh. thing happened to her, and she called us, and it literally, like 60 seconds later, there right. were two police vehicles, and about a minute after that, there were about 20 more because if an officer's wife is having trouble, everybody comes. And that's how it should be. (laughs) But I can remember living up north in uh, Nordtorms. We lived in um, Nuadaisa, and -hmm. I can remember several times there were some rather serious things that happened, and the nearest available patrol car was in Shibotan, which was about two and a half, three hours away, if the weather was good. good. (laughs) Right. So... uh, uh, so what are you going to do? You have to, you, and that's and that's where you have to start thinking about uh, at what point. I mean, obviously the crime rates are not especially high in that's, the world. That's uh, true. In the, yeah, but but then again, as we will probably talk about later, those statistics are also changing, um, well, and 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 it gets worse at some uh, in some areas and better in some areas. But but at, at what point will um, people living in those areas where? you describe at what point will they think well we have no police we have to manage by ourselves and we have to make up our own rules because we they're not going to come help us yeah i i know they are doing that or were doing that to a certain degree when we lived up north there were so many things that happened and and as a police officer myself i was thinking we need some police intervention here but people just you know they knew the police were a couple hours away if they were lucky right. so they just handled it themselves um exactly but you said something about um, crime statistics uh, in the rural areas. Um, let me play. Let me play the devil's advocate here. What if I were to say to you that I believe that there is a significant amount of crime in the rural areas, but it is not coming to light because of the low police presence that there are things going on whether it's drugs or whatever it may be but a lot of that crime goes undiscovered by the police 
Oh, I, I, I'd say no doubt. There's, uh, we call them dark numbers. Yeah. Uh, when, when we talk about this, and uh, it's um, it's more of a concern and more of a debate, and they they speak more about it now in the um, in the ranks where, well, amongst the people that are deciding how Norway is going to be run or and how the police in Norway are going to be run uh-huh. than before. But I mean, if you look at um, you, you mentioned drugs. Oh. Uh, and I've had uh, before I before I got into this job, my main area was um, narcotics. Yeah, uh, along with uh, working with uh, youth. And, wow, um, we are literally in a brotherhood because that's that was my main focus as well: uh, yeah. gangs and narcotics. And then, unfortunately, a lot of youth are involved in those things back in the Chicago area. So, yeah, that's what I worked with as well. I reacted to that when we spoke on the phone yesterday that you... Oh, yeah, did I tell you that? Okay, yeah. Yeah, you, you did tell me that. So yeah. you, you, you basically described your career as, as mine. <laughs> but, um, well, maybe in 15 but, but, years, you'll be a uh, tired uh, black guy, shaved head, doing a podcast. Tired <laughs> <laughs> shaved head, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, the what, undiscovered what, what, crime, the under the, un, yeah, the yeah. unrealized crime. Um, what I was what I was getting to was that um, as me and my partner back then, because we were um, working uh, as partners, we were two people uh, taking care of thirty thousand people, um, wow. <laughs> working these working th- this specific uh, job was which was um, crime prevention in youth uh, in the youth environments uh, with a special focus on on drugs and prevention um, and. We learned and basically proved that um, the crime statistics are very much um, dependent on the police's effort. I see. So, yeah. So, so, so whenever we did a good job, or whenever we uh, well found out about things, made uh, made cases, um, discovered the new uh, young users of narcotics and, and started processes that we meant were helping them. The statistic the statistics went up, right. uh, but th- but that didn't that didn't mean that we and, and we were all often in the media and we were often talking to parents. Um, uh, we had um, lectures for parents talking about how things are in in these certain areas, talking about prevention, talking about how they could make a difference in the kids' lives and how they could. Um, work together with the police and and we never said that things were off the henches and we never we, we never yeah. said that it's getting worse it's getting worse it's getting worse no it's just that we are discovering more and more i um, i understand yeah. i understand that you know uh because of my background i'm sure a lot of of, of citizens understand that but then again a lot of them don't and mm-hmm. it kind of creates a false image of the crime situation in Norway. What yeah. do, what do you guys do to combat that? Because public perception is important. Um, I know it was very important for us in my time as a police officer. How do you guys feel about public perception, and what do you do to combat some of the wrong <clears throat> uh, perceptions, the wrong images that the public is getting? Because as you say, you guys do a better job. You arrest more people. The public and the media, especially, think that there's more crime. And that's yeah. not necessarily the case. Right. And, and it's hard for me to speak in general about this because I've had my experiences in the local environment here. Um, yeah. so, so I can't really speak of the big national papers in Oslo and uh, how they are tackling it. But well, I mean, we had... Well, no, I was going to ask then, well, well, do, do you guys have any sort of... 
uh, campaign to keep the public properly informed in your district. You know, if you mm -hmm. guys are doing a better job making more arrests, what do you guys do to calm the public, to try and give them the right image that, yes, you're doing mm -hmm. a good job. That doesn't necessarily mean that there is more crime out there. Right. And the e easy answer to that is that it's a pretty close contact with uh, the police and the local press here. So, um, so, so there is there's uh, no enemy. There's no, no us against no, them type of thing. No, no at, at, at least not uh, intentionally. There is uh, there is a vast uh, opinion that um, we are to work together with the media, and they are focused on giving the truth. Um, yeah, most most of the time. But then again, you know, it sells papers. Sure. So, um, sure. so the so so we're not always. Um, agreeing with the headlines we're not always agreeing with how they as you say percept or or um how they uh, how In, they see interpret things. the situation yeah, yeah interpret the situation yeah and how they uh, present it to the media but i mean then again we can't go out and uh, say everything that we know because as, course, as you yeah, as, as, yeah. as you know there's a lot of intelligence as well here yeah uh which means we know a lot more than um <laughs> we can ever say to anyone outside the brotherhood <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah no i never i never got involved with that media stuff that was pretty tightly controlled in my department and all the the guys that wore the fancy white shirts with the gold stars on their collar right. those are the guys that did all that stuff uh so i really don't have a, any kind of a image of what the police and press relationship was like when I was right. working, but I see it now <clears throat> as an yeah. outsider and, and in both the United States and in Norway, the press gets it wrong a lot of yeah, the time. Of course. of course. So knowing that they get it wrong, seeing that they get it wrong, do you guys do any active work to try and combat that false image that gets out there sometimes? Yeah. And I, and I guess I did that for many years uh, with local work. My, my main our main goal when we did this um, uh, when we did this work in the youth community uh -huh. and with and with the parents and work in uh, well I did that for seven seven eight seven eight seven or eight years before I got this job um, and uh, the, the main thing was speaking to the the, the public uh, at a local small um, well, in small groups at a time, we yeah. were uh, we were expressive about it. When we, as I said, I spent a lot of time talking in schools, talking in parent meetings, um, being in the local environments, being at youth clubs, being out with the kids, meeting them, uh, going out of the car, talking yeah. to them, Important. and they ask, they ask, the public ask, and who are they going to ask? Well, it's us. It's the people wearing the uniforms. It's the people that they expect know how things are, and 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 that's when we that's where we had to. Well, one thing, say the right things, but um, the other thing was how we said it and how we presented sure, it to them. Sure, being a, being a friendly face that isn't afraid to step out of that police vehicle, uh, you know, that right there um, takes down a lot of barrier, literally takes down a barrier. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and that's one thing I like to see. <clears throat> I'm not that often in downtown Drummond, but when I am, I just love seeing the officers walking and, and you know, outside of their cars and actually smiling with the people you know shaking right. hands and 
and uh, and just being available. There's something about right. that image. Uh, I don't, to be honest, I'd like to see more of that in Norway. Yeah, but, because, yeah because I was going to ask, how often do you really see it? Because I, I think it's a lack of uh, that attitude lacks in Norwegian policing. Yeah, I I, re- I guess we I love re- our cars. Yeah, I guess yeah. I react to that very strongly because I so seldom see it. So that when yeah. I do, uh, it's like, oh wow, yes, there you know, there they are. And exactly. I, I know from, from my experience how important that is. I mean, we were out there, as we say, running and gunning and, you know, finding, you know, drugs and, and dealing with the gang members. But mm-hmm. in the midst of all of that, we found the time to get out of our car and be seen by the people. Right. And that's also how, and that's also how you get information, right? That's I was just also yeah. how you, yeah, yeah. And that's also how you keep the intelligence running and how you actually know what life is like on the street because we, you don't learn anything from the uh, from the back of your uh, of your car, yeah. and uh, and and just going out on uh, on the missions or on the um, tasks that are being phoned in by uh, victims. Yeah. You have to uh, be active, as you say. Now, working with kids. Now, you did that for you've done that for most of your career so far, <clears throat> up until you got That's this right. job. Um, what a rewarding job that is, but at the Definitely. same time, what a disappointing job <laughs> that is. Yep, yep. What can you say? What can you say about that? I think you know what I'm talking about, but how would you yeah, put no, that yeah. into words? How would you put yeah, that, that into words? Well, um, the the disappointment part is the, the almost the easiest to talk about because it's a pretty clear thing that we usually talk about when we. Um, because uh, we're we're struggling with making preventive police work the uh, prioritized way of working uh, and that's a political thing obviously because uh, well, when you say political because po- politics can be internal there can be internal politics yeah. within the police or are we talking yeah. about the politicians you know in well well both okay because because um, you, you can talk about preventive work in general yeah. and, you, uh, and the problem with preventive work is that it doesn't measure Right, you can you, you can put a number on how many people you've um, how many people did not start a criminal a career because of your work. Right, that, 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 that's hard to measure. Idea. Yeah, so 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 at a certain sense, you could probably, uh, but that would take a lot. That would take a lot to yeah. to, 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 to place, uh, let's say, 10 people in a project and you do this and this and this and you see how many of them. But that's not how it works, right? You you go out and you influence. Uh, probably um, probably 500 kids a year and um, all you see is those that do not bode well yeah right all you see that's is trouble no, all you see is crime all you see, all you see yeah. yeah yeah so that's the negative thing about it so, so you can you talk about the sunshine histories in the police i mean i have a couple i have a couple of uh, kids that uh, were on a bad path where i um where i did what i had to do and i did uh, probably more than i than was acquired. You gave me. a little extra of yourself. Yeah, I gave a, gave yeah. a little extra of myself, and, and things worked. And, and those are those are stories that I can look back on, and, and, and we could talk, me and my partner, and also others. And look, it actually works. But I mean, those are those are few, because because you don't notice the people that you actually do a good job with. You just notice those that you uh, those you um, those that slipped right. And so, this also, and when we talked about the internal politics uh, in the police. Uh, it's the same problem. And, and this is kind of controversial, but it's not a secret mm. that the police uh, in Norway is much too focused on the 
on the numbers. You know, yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's it's, ru- it's ruled by the numbers yeah. and it's ruled by the um, not only the cleared cases, right? It's it's ruled by the green numbers. Yes. By uh, by how much gets away from our desk after yeah. it comes in. Yeah. So so the, so the preventive part of it, as you said. So when the conclusion is you can't measure it, then you just have to present the uh, the facts of the matter that it can't be controlled, it can't be measured. You just know it works. Yeah, that's and a hard thing to the, argue. Even yeah. though we know that that exactly. is factual, it's very hard to argue that, especially to a politician or to someone yeah. in a higher leadership position in in the police network. That's that difficult. Sh- yeah, that, yeah, because those people needs to show short time results to be able to continue in their leading positions, uh, which is actually true for the highest police leaders now as well. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction and we're going to come back in maybe 10, 15 years and see if I'm right. I predict, I predict that you're going to have a very high and important position in the police and you're going to be an influential person in Norwegian police, or at least in your district, because again, you're, you're quite young to have that type of job that you have. And when you look at some of the older, more senior, uh, people in the police they haven't had the same kind of experience as you are gathering now so these things these concepts of we know this works but we can't show you how it works we just know it works that kind of experience some of those older guys have never had because that type of police work was not being done 15 20 25 years ago it's only now in the most recent years that this type of work is happening that's so there's my there's my there's my prediction. You're gonna have a few stars on your shoulder, and uh, <laughs> you're gonna be making some decisions. Well, I uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's uh, <laughs> I think that, I think that's a good prediction. Uh, if, if, it, it's, if it's if it's not me, it's then it's someone like me, and I think and I think that's the positive thing. Yes, about it, yes. About it. There's more, yeah, there's more and more young guys like yourself who are getting the experiences that you guys are getting. And, and of course, right. you're going to take that further. And it will slowly, over time, change the way police work is done in Norway. It's going to yeah, happen, and it, absolutely. And it, and, it, and it already has, which I hope we will get into uh, with more um, in this conversation, yeah. with more details about how we actually work. Because in the job I have now, with how we are actually investigating cases, just go back 10, 12, 15 years, not more, just a couple of years before I actually started the academy, maybe even when I went to the academy. Um, that's, well, well, we'll get back to it. It's totally different, and we've learned so much. I want to yeah, uh, yeah. get back to some of the uh, investigative techniques. You know, I'm sure some of that stuff is privileged information, but whatever you can tell. Oh, well, not, not really. So that's but, good. But before, that could be a good... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Absolutely. Yeah. But but before we get to that, okay, now we, we talked about <clears throat> the... the, 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 the the um the frustrating side or the 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 negative side of working with children and that is that it's hard to see the results of your work but then there's also a sunny side to that what have you experienced in that aspect well first of all um working in a small place relatively small place like this you get a lot of uh love basically um for better and for worse yeah i mean our technique and our approach uh to working with children and work i mean youth because we uh we had a we had a range from 13 to 21 or 23 uh-huh. now that was our yeah that was what we uh, could manage what we were capable of doing and also uh where stuff happens to be fair um 
but our way of approaching things were that to be being available and uh, most of the time not most of the time but a lot of the time we would just sit in the schools we would just sit in the schools talking to kids it would give us a lot of information so it was obviously um a thought behind it but but but, but then again the the kids were uh they, they got um uh, safe they got they, they felt safe yeah. with us yeah and uh, learned our first names and um spoke to us with our first names well actually our last names but uh <laughs> but, but as if they were my yes. our first names yes and yeah. uh and, and we were just those guys we were um, my, my partner is um called um his last name is mcleod actually uh, he's, he's married with a new zealand girl okay uh, so, so we were melbian mcleod for many years and everybody knew us everybody knew us yeah. and they wanted to talk to us they wanted to uh, and where i'm getting at uh, after because we we didn't just uh, cuddle with them. We we didn't just talk uh, uh, cars and mopeds <laughs> and uh, whatever they were interested in. Yeah. We actually also showed them that we were there. Uh, we weren't joking around. If you did something illegal, we were we were going to be there as police officers doing our job. Yeah. But if they needed our help, we were always we, we was always uh, we were also going to be there. And that's good police work, making kids yeah. aware of the consequences of their bad behavior, or, or their bad behavior will bring consequences. But yeah. also showing them that you're there, you're you're an ear for them to talk into. You are there yeah. as a support person, uh, a responsible adult. They get to see exactly. both sides of that. There's not enough of that in Norway yet. There's no, not enough I, of that yet. Exactly. And what I'm describing is actually uh, parenting, right? It's, yes. it's parenting. It's good parenting. And, and, and as a consequence of this, the people that we, um, that we actually uh, reported and the people that we, where we discovered crimes being done at a, uh, at a young enough age um, so that they, uh, learned well, well it's like or, it can be well, life well, changing yeah yeah and even the people that didn't learn they would remember this as not a negative thing exactly uh, yeah. and i've had a, and i've had a lot of kids coming up to me that are not kids anymore and saying i'm so happy that you come i'm so glad at, i'm so glad that you saw me i'm so glad that you uh, made an investment and uh, that you believed that uh there was well I, well i tell you that are you there you fell out I know. There uh, we go. Now I hear you. Yeah. Uh, I can't see you anymore. Uh, let's That's see probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. There you are. There we go. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was going to say that, and that is the beautiful side of police work and the beautiful, beautiful side of working with children. The first job I had here in Norway, I got hired uh, by the county, by the city of uh, Drammen to run a after school project uh, wow. for kids, uh, for kids in general, but with a focus on kids who are kind of, you know, at the tipping point, they could go one way or another when it comes to, to, to childhood delinquency. All right. And, and to see, I mean, there's a lot of, those rose colored success stories during those years I was doing that. Mm -hmm. But what's better than that is now, cause we moved away up to Finnmark and Nordstrom's for a while. And then we came mm -hmm. back here and almost the first or second day after we came back, I was, I would run into these kids who are now adults. They have, some of them have families and kids of their own. Mm -hmm. And it almost would bring tears to my eyes to see that kid yeah. who had so many problems back then. And now they're doing just fine. Yeah, exactly. And it's and, not about you at all. It's, it's, it's just about the kids and that's, that's rewarding. Uh, it's just, it's a beautiful thing and that makes up for a lot, not for all of the, the bad experiences, but it makes up for oh, a lot oh. of it. Absolutely. I think, that, I think that's what's special about us. 
the brotherhood. We can t- we can take it, right? Right, and we have it, and we have each other to bounce off of when when it is actually important, and that's a culture that's also Absolutely. developing in Norway. The the um, I think that's also something here that has developed over the the last years, and I'm glad to experience this that we now have the, uh, the debrief after. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's, that's a good word, but. Uh, but, but, but even it's it's organized as well. But the um, the talk, the uh, yeah, the, t- the um, the threshold for the threshold. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's easy to it's easier now to talk with uh, even your one colleague about something that was difficult at work. And I that's mean, a beautiful yeah. thing. I tell you, that didn't exist in my day when I was working. Right. You just didn't. I don't know. You were just hard. You well, everyone was expected to just kind of suck it up and just yeah. and just march on. And yeah. uh, a lot of it we covered with humor. Some of the things we laughed at was it's 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 crazy, but but to have that formal outlet, you know, it didn't have to mm-hmm. be a psychologist or anything, but we, you know, just to have a boss, you know, a lieutenant, right, to talk to, and that just didn't exist. No. And I, uh, I, I missed that then. I don't know if I was the weirdo who, who wanted that kind of talk, that kind of thing, but, but it just didn't exist back then. All right. It was so, probably just not you. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. But to see, um, to see that there is a system for debriefing, a system for, for, for yeah, a psychological outlet, if it's yeah. necessary in the police yeah. here in Norway is a good thing to see. Yeah, there's a lot of focus on it, and and most of the time I've had the I've had this experience actually that after a, a relatively brutal event where uh, more people on station here were involved, we had a sit down with a professional psychologist, and um, as a group, and what we actually learned or what he said is that. Um, the most important thing here is that you guys talk to each other because even I, yeah. as a, as an educated psychologist, I can't, I can't fathom what you he guys didn't live it. He experience. didn't live it. No, no, he didn't live it at all. So he, so he can know something about the, uh, psychological processes and the, uh, terminology and everything, but he doesn't know what it's like. And that's why the brotherhood is so important and why we have that, that low threshold. That's well, I tell you, I think there's a lot of cases. Um, I should say, I should say, I don't know how they deal with this today in police in America. But again, in my right. day, it didn't really exist. And I can only imagine how many of the guys and ladies that I worked with have some form of PTSD today right. because right. they didn't work through some of the things that they, that they experienced right. to this day. I wish, I wish I had someone to talk to back then about some of the things I saw. Right. Um, it's probably, a, it's probably a factor that uh, one of the goals of the government here is to get a 50, 50, uh, men and women police officers that's that's actually kind of uh what do you think about that i'm gonna put you on the spot i I, let me tell you what what i thought about that in jail well i just said something about why it's positive because we need the female culture in the uh in the police department for for one of the reasons is what we just talked about yeah because because obviously men are uh, i'm not saying it's all uh flowers and uh sons here <laughs> well, when it comes to talking about problems and no, no. one of the reasons it's is that it's still a male-dominated profession yeah um at least for the moment it's it's getting to not be such a male-dominant profession but um 
historically, it's definitely, yes. it has definitely been. Yeah. But what do I think about women in policing? Well, uh, I'm, I'm positive. Uh, the best partner, best partner I ever had was, uh, well, she wasn't really a partner. She just worked the same shift as I did. Uh, Con Connie Trevino was her name and she was okay. the toughest, uh, most intelligent and badass cop that I ever worked with. Connie wow. Trevino. So yeah. Yeah. I'd like to meet her. Yeah. 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 So, so of, of course I agree with you. I think having <clears throat> uh, women on the police force is a positive thing, but here is one issue that I have with it. I'm just going to throw this out there. Sure. Um, you have an unruly person in public. He's drunk. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm. he's been fighting. The police show up. He wants to keep fighting. Both police officers who show up are female. Is that an optimal situation? No. I would say that it's not an optimal situation. It's not, and it's not a. It's it's not as if it's a dead discussion here. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, and um, the talking about. I, I mean the the subject is it's subject to both uh, chatter uh, locally and between. Yeah, in the individuals, but 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 the good thing is it's um it's at a high, higher level as well because exactly the situation that you pointed out is it's just facts, you know. Yeah. Uh, to to uh, and plus these uh, there are no size um demands anymore uh to becoming a police. Really? Uh, you, no, it no yeah, and that happened actually before I joined the academy. I didn't know that. I think, yeah. I, I just got a little insecure now if that happened after I was done or before, but it doesn't really matter because it's it around used, that time. Because it used to be a height and weight requirement, it, correct? Yeah, not not weight. Or maybe but, just uh, height. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but height that uh, led with it some weight. <laughs> so so you could <laughs> so you could, so you could, and there was but the different there was a difference between men and women. Yes. But, yes. Um, but if you meet a female a police officer here that is older than, let's say, 35, 36 years of age, she will be around one meter, 80 centimeters. That's, uh, that's, that's taller than me, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, well, well I, at least she, I, I yeah. think, she, I think yeah. she would have to be more than 170. Yeah. And, and the guys have to be more than 175 or something. Yeah. I'm guessing now, to be fair. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but, all, but all of them are tall. Uh, but now you're seeing um, the more normal-sized women coming in. and uh, That is something that I have noticed through the years. I have noticed it, but I yeah. didn't know it was because they changed the requirement for height. I didn't know that. Well, that is actually... Uh, okay. And you also you also get the small guys coming yeah. in. And, yeah. and, and I mean, you, you can say what you want about it. And it's uh, it's... I don't think it's such a controversial theme because of the situation that you just spoke about. It, it, you, can, you can't put two... Uh, 120 pound women up against the 220 yeah. pound guy on amphetamines, right? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, not only do you put the police officers in danger, but you have actually put him in danger as well because they would have to use other. Uh, they would have to use the things in their belts to be able to be safe. A gradually higher level of force than what exactly. might be necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So 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 again, it's not a dead theme. And but is there? Uh, so, so the height require. I'm sorry to interrupt, but the so, so no, the height no in uh, the height requirement is gone. But yeah. what about fitness levels, physically fi physical fitness levels, strength, yeah. conditioning, things like that? What are the requirements there? Well, they uh, first of all they've been lowered since the uh, no, academy. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah, and they've been lowered for a few reasons. Um, wow. They were. They were lowered as uh, Norway uh, desperately needed more police 
officers. Uh, so they opened two new schools um, a few years after after my time, I think, and doubled the amount of students that were getting in. Uh, and then ultimately, they would have to lower the bar uh, so that they would get in, so that they will fill up the spaces. Um, and and this, this is kind of a, uh, maybe slightly um, <clears throat> unloyal team to talk about because, I mean, you, you automatically criticize the people that came in with a low, uh, on the lower bars than the people before. Um, but, then, but then again, just blame, the on, just blame it on me. Just tell them that, <laughs> that, no, po- that podcast yeah. host tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not nervous about it because no, again, no. it's, it's just, it's just facts. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so that doesn't mean that people are weaker. It just means that the, the vast, uh, the, yeah. the, the average maybe, yes, uh, becomes, yeah. so, so, so obviously you have a less strong physically police force now than you had 20 years ago. No doubt. about I'm it. I'm surprised by that. Well, wow. Yeah. And, huh. uh, and then again, Norway had changed in 2000 and, something uh 2001 or something from being police academy to being um a university that's Um, right i believe wasn't it i believe it was right before i came i came here the summer of 2002 yeah i think it was 2001 Uh, yeah okay yeah. yeah yeah i believe it was 2001 okay. because I, yeah uh I, I may be wrong but it's about around those times so that, that sounds right you okay. come in 2002 yeah. Yeah. and um so the focus and i think that this is obviously a good thing isolated uh the norwegian um the uh the education for becoming a police officer became much more uh, demanding when it comes to uh, um curriculums uh it became a bachelor degree uh which it wasn't before uh, it became um, before it was more um, of like a just a certification kind of well uh yeah i think they had classes and stuff yeah but yeah it, i think that's a pretty accurate description of the uh, difference so now all of a sudden we have psychology we have it, it's one of the most uh, it's one of the most wide, widely arranged uh educations in norway actually when yeah it, it touches to different on subject yeah it touches on a lot of different subjects yeah yeah, yeah. psychology social sociology criminology uh along with all of the other uh, police subjects such as investigative techniques and crime techniques forensics and um so what yeah. do you say to the salty old officer he's maybe in his 50s or or older who says okay you uh, young guys are taking all of this school time but that's not making you better police officers we were better police officers in our day than you are what do you say yeah. to someone like that i don't think i would have to say that because uh i don't think i would have to be in that situation a lot because um times have changed as well you know um the police have changed but the police work has also changed uh, is what you're saying yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, and to the better but i mean we, we, you, you still have to be able to manage the stuff that they did in the 80s as well dude i mean mm-hmm. uh, and the way of working um but what would i reply i don't know we, we, i guess i guess what i'm looking at is okay you're um you're 18 years old um you go into the police academy you get out and you're t- what 20 Three, and maybe. That, yeah, that bar has also just been lowered. By the way, uh, there was a twenty years limit uh, when I started. Now it's uh, now 
now it's 19. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going more and more down. Yeah. So you could, you could in theory be 23 years old and you're ready to step out on the streets and be a police officer. So yeah. I would, I would ask the question, is a 23 year old, now I'm just going back. I guess mm -hmm. I'm taking this mm -hmm. from my own perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was 23 years old, there's no way I personally was ready. And I didn't know of anyone around me who would have had the maturity to be a police officer. What right. do you say? What, what is your, what are your thoughts about that young age, that young guy out there on the streets and he could literally have people's lives in his hands? Well, I definitely think that uh, no matter how many uh, classes you study, no matter how many books you read, you're never going to be able to learn police work without being on the street, without doing it. Um, so experience will always count, no matter how the school was. Uh, was I think we have. Um, I think it's for the good that the school has changed. I think it's for the good that we have more uh, curriculums go coming out of the school because we have a lot. We have some more. We have more uh, knowledge to yeah. uh, uh, connect to our uh, beginning experience, which is only positive. But I would have nothing to say against someone who has been working. Uh, as a police officer for f 30 years because he has experienced exactly the same things that I am going to experience working on the street for the next 30 years. I'm just going to have, I'm just going to have another approach to it probably, which I hope is positive. So well, that's so, a uh, very so gonna, wise, yeah. that's a very wise answer. That's a well thought out answer uh, that came naturally. So th that tells me that you've maybe put some thought into that subject before. Yeah, because 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 we're 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 there all the time. I yeah. I constantly work with people who went out of the school before the school changed, as I just described. Yeah. There are still guys here who, who are from the old school, yeah. literally, yeah. right? And um, and these 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 questions they they do, or these conversations they do happen uh, weekly here. I mean, sure. they, they, I always hear the stories. It wasn't like this back in the days. Yeah. We didn't do it like this back in the days. Yeah. Um, there was less bureaucracy, bureaucracy, bureaucracy back in the yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is which is true. And not all bureaucracy is good. Not at all. I think it but should structure, be less. But the, structure is important. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And it's it's we're better police officers now, more more uh, than they were in in the eighties, definitely. But, uh, but, but, but not in every 100%, every aspect of the job. That's not, that wouldn't be true. One thing that breaks my heart about the, there's two things. The first thing that breaks my heart about the new system of police work of, of police education in, uh, in Norway mm -hmm. is that they go through <clears throat> the, uh, the, the police college, they get their education. They're ready to be a police officer, but there's no job. Oh Yeah. That's a big one. And we said earlier that there is a need for more police in Norway. We both agree on that. I think most people agree with that. I think most police officers agree with that. And definitely the politicians are saying it. Mm -hmm. So why, mm -hmm. what is this phenomenon where a police officer gets finished with their education and they sit for a year or two? Or I just saw in the newspaper a couple of days ago, a lady who has sat for three years and still hasn't yeah. gotten a job. Yeah. Um, this is a subject that is uh, hard for me to discuss in depth because because it gets that's um, political, it, I guess. It, it gets a little too political for me to actually have the answer to it. But but I mean, we experience it every day. With um, the simple answer is money, and the simpler and, and the simpler answer is uh, the money is uh, is controlled by. Uh, 
it's not controlled by police officers, so right. to speak. Right. We're not we're not the politi- politicians. Yeah. Uh, and, and we talked about this number before: two per one thousand uh, capita mm-hmm. or inhabitants. Uh-huh. And, and, and you always hear the politicians saying, "Well, we're we're there." And when when you know you're not right. So yeah. so it's so 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 I'm I'm going to be a little careful just uh, talking about the uh, trickery of numbers and stuff because I I, yeah. I really don't know too much yeah. about it. Yeah. But it also but but what I can say is that it breaks my heart as well, and it breaks the heart of the students that will go through a three year education uh, and actually. Uh, well, some of them is, is the accurate way to say it will never be police officers. Yeah. And um, when I started, actually, uh, one of the things that made me really happy about the education was they actually promised us uh, a job. That was one of the big um, selling points to, to being a police. Yeah. Involved, that you, were, you were always going to get a state job. You were always going to get a job. Um, and they said, they, they said that until... And I was lucky. I'm. I, I got there just in time because a couple, couple of three years after I started, they doubled up uh, the amount of students, and this this shit started. Wow, that's. Just, I tell you, it's it's sad. Every once in a while, it will hit the media that uh, this officer is without a job after being yeah. uh, educated. And it's just uh, see when it, I when I went in, they and and this may vary from place to place in the United States because uh, uh, for those American or non Norwegian uh, or non Scandinavian listeners, Norway is like a national police force. Whereas, as you know, you and I have been, it's broken down to you know federal, then state, then county, right. and local in the states. But right. when I went in, I was hired before i went to the police academy so you know you have a job all you have right, to do is complete right. all you have to do is complete the program and yep. and you're in because you've been yeah. hired already all right so first you get the job and then you get the training it was a long it was a long process i remember so clearly because it was it was exciting i kind of just fell into police work i had been in the U.S. Marines for four years, I got out. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea what I wanted to do for a life. So I took right. a job as a truck driver. Okay. I had seen a lot of place, places in Asia. I was stationed on Okinawa, Japan. So I had seen all of that, but I wanted to see the United States. So I took a job as a yeah. truck driver. Did that for about 18 months, roughly. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that they were hiring for the, for the local police department there in, in uh, the Chicago suburbs. So I'm like, ah, why not? That's kind of how I got into police work. So it was a it was a series of interviews, uh, a couple of written tests, uh, a psychological test of some sort, uh, and a physical test, and then another right. round of interviews, and then they set up a hiring list. I think there were three hundred people on that hiring list, and they just go down the list from the highest ranked to the to the lowest, and just hire people one or maybe two at a time. Right. And I was number one on that list. That's one of wow. my one of my life wow. life's greatest achieve, achievements. I'm so proud of that. That is impressive. So that that Good is the, that is the process that I went through, and it and it's it's still a little bit surreal because I didn't necessarily want to be a police officer. I just wanted a job, right. something right. different from truck driving. And I just right. kind of fell into it, and then it just turned into my life's passion. I just uh, oh, I love that job. Right. So, and, and that's interesting. And I was going to, I actually thought about asking you this because um, we talk about the difference between the educational systems in yeah. the United States and Norway. And I, I, I listened to the podcast with Michael Wexler where he spoke about the same things. Yeah. And, and, and would that be, you would have to, you would have 
to theoretically start at scratch if you were going to be a police officer here, right? Or have you have you found out that if I were to want to become a police officer here, and 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 by the way, I don't want to be a police officer, and I'll tell you, I can right. tell you why later. Right. Um, I would have to go back to the very beginning and 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 qualify, but you know, uh, uh, apply to go to police school and then go right. through the entire program. That makes me. I mean, I, I don't want. As I said, I don't want to be a police officer. But but the fact that they wouldn't even, they don't even acknowledge my educational credentials mm-hmm. as a police officer in the states. It, it counts for nothing here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's fascinating. That's very. I think that's strange. Yeah, I, I think, think it's Norway strange. Is like, and I think Norway is like that in every profession or every ed- educational thing, maybe. Uh, I know there are some exceptions, and there's certain fields of work where you would have to take maybe a class or two to get certified. Right. Yeah, so it it varies, but 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 none of my <laughs> none of my police education. I'm also a trained paramedic. Or, ex- or really? Yeah, wow. I'm also a full paramedic, but that doesn't count here either. That's weird because bodies are bodies. You would think. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> the Norwegian uh, drunks are with uh, Akavit, and the American ones yeah. are with Budweiser, but they're still drunk. <laughs> so, they're still drunk. You would probably still do the same things to keep them alive. No, it's it's, uh, it's it's um, it's been it's been a moment of frustration in my life here in Norway because from time to time it would have been nice to have that education recognized and accredited here in Norway. But right. it's but it's not. Right. It's not. I think it's I think it's uh, credited uh, by the people you s- talk about it with. Uh, anyway, if if that's uh, if you know what I mean. I mean, if if you you you're telling me you're a police officer, I'm not thinking. Yeah, sure, but you're from America. I'm, t- <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking you're I'm thinking you're a former police officer. That's that's, that's good. Not, that's yeah, good. <laughs> so, so so I don't. <laughs> I, no, I, I that's not yeah. much of a comfort, but I mean. Uh, but I was I was actually interested in um, uh, because because as I, now I've spoken a bit about how we now do all these curriculum things and are the uh, or was the education to or the um, training to be a police officer was it how, how long did it take and how how uh, ex, ex, extensive was it? It was three and a half months at the school mm-hmm. at the University of Illinois. All right. Um, and then after that, it was, it was like a ride-along program, like a mentoring program where I was with an experienced officer. And that, to me, was the most important part of the training because I was actually in uniform on the street doing the job. And right. that lasted, you know, I, I cannot remember how long, maybe a, maybe a month or two. Mm-hmm. But that can be extended. It depends on what department, what police force you're on. It can be anywhere from a month to three months to six months to a year. It all de- it all depends. Oh, really? All right. Um, depends on where you are, and also depends on how you do. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so after, so about- you probably didn't take that long. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> because you did so well. <laughs> not to, well, well, not to, not to brag, but I, but but it it was a very short period of time, and then I worked right. as a regular uniformed patrol officer for a short period of time, and then very quickly, like within within two years, I was working as a detective, a narcotics and gang detective. Right. So I kind of I, 
I moved up fairly quick, uh, and it, and I went from being totally conf- because I'm a country guy from way out in the country, and then all of right. a sudden here I am living and working in the South Chicago suburbs. So that was a big change. It was an enormous challenge. It was an eye opener. Even after my four years in the U.S. Marines, that's different. That's a different kind of tactical and operative position to be in of course you know you're not tight up on people like you are very tight with people as a police officer so that Mm -hmm. style of people in the chicago south chicago suburbs was totally foreign to me it was easier for me to move from chicago to norway than it was for me to go from my hometown in ohio to chicago to be an officer (laughs) yes absolutely it was but i but i turned all that around i turned all that confusion into focus uh, relatively quickly. And it just, it, it was, I was there for seven years before we moved here. Wow. And Chicago is a pretty, uh, that's a pretty, they're pretty high crime rates, crime rates there, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, Chicago is a very high crime uh, city. Uh, very often it's been the murder capital of the United States. Uh, right. now where I was in the South suburbs, it wasn't that bad. Oh, okay. But still, it's that Chicago area. And it can mm-hmm. vary wildly. There's certain areas in the city that are just, it's almost like a war zone. But then right. when you get around, around the suburbs, especially the northern suburbs, it's some of the most fantastic and beautiful neighborhoods you're going to find in the United States. So it varied, it varied quite a bit. But the right. thing that was prevalent over that entire Chicago area was the drug thing. Mm-hmm. Chicago, you know, being being geographically located where it is you know you have drugs that come up from um from uh from south america and mexico and then the highway system what is that i think it's highway it's uh, interstate 65 goes all the way from texas and straight up through uh st louis and into chicago so big drug shipments would come into chicago and then from there it would be sent east and west to new york and and uh, Los Angeles. So Chicago has always been like a drug hub for, for the United States. I didn't and know that. that is- yes. Yeah. And with that comes all of the gang troubles. I don't know. Right. I don't have any numbers on how many gang uh, members are, but we're talking in the tens of thousands. If you can right. imagine that. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that here. I mean, Chicago is a, a big city, but yeah, I can't imagine yeah. those numbers here. Yeah. It's, 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 it's totally different. I, and I, <clears throat> Just to clear that up, because I said I would, I, I don't want to be a police officer on the street here, because, um, and and I have all respect to to you guys who do the job, but I don't think, uh, or I didn't think when I came here that I could ever change my mindset. Right. It's a much more aggressive type of police work in the states, and and for the most part, much more dangerous. Of course different kind of crime element, and I I always felt like I would never be able to calm calm down <laughs> you wouldn't get down to our level <laughs> <laughs> well, but, and, but and i don't mean that in a derogatory way but but in, know, in, in, know. you know what i mean but uh but now as i'm older and, and totally uh acclimated to to norway i i'd probably be a pretty decent police officer here but at that time when i was younger and i had that that that, that state that, of mind yeah I, I don't think it would have fit it, it wouldn't no. have fit here and you wouldn't be able to wear a gun here so, uh, you know, and that was, and that was a big issue as well. I, I, I couldn't, and I still can't imagine doing, um, the type of police work that I would like to do without a mm-hmm. weapon. 
right. just couldn't imagine it. Uh, right. But but again, all respect to you guys because I think it takes a certain kind of bravery for you guys to do the job that you do and not be armed. It takes a mm -hmm. certain skill set to be able to get the job done without a weapon. Yeah, well, communication is a big yes. part of the, it, it's 90% of what we do, yeah. communications, yeah. obviously. So, uh, And having said that, very, I, it's not like I had to pull my gun every day. That just didn't happen, you know, uh, because communication, regardless of where you're a police officer, doesn't matter where you are in the world. I'm sure those two guys in Russia who I went to the, who came to my police academy, they have to have a certain amount of communication to be able to do obviously. their job. Yeah. Obviously. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's inter that's interesting. I mean, I we've had the debate about guns here uh, many times. It's been on and off, but uh, but I, but I always I always fall back to the and and not all my colleagues agree. Obviously, we're split in the police force. It's a I would say a fifty fifty split in the yeah. police force to, to take a wild guess. Um, and I'm on that side. I, I don't think we need it. I don't. There are don't think there so. are no and and the, the main. I don't think we need it here. I would be, uh, it's supposed to be a unified police force in Norway. Everything is going to be, uh, is always going to be similar. So the police in Oslo is going to do exactly the same thing as the police in Uavik where I work. Yeah. And um, in Oslo, maybe there are better arguments for having uh, always armed cops in Uavik. It would be a disadvantage to be fair. You and think so? Yeah, because I've experienced the type of police work that I've done, and I've done everything. I mean, yeah. I've, uh, because we arm ourselves when we have to. So, yeah. so, so, so I've done everything. But in the vast majority of uh, of um, every job that I do, every mission that we do, and every every call we get called out to, um, it would be a disadvantage for me because the others, uh, the other side, wouldn't be armed. Yeah, there are no virtually no guns here in the yeah. criminal uh in, totally different culture when it comes to the gun issue absolutely yeah, yeah. then yeah. Ag then again and this i've learned um more and more and I've, I've been more focused on it lately actually i would rather meet a person with a nine millimeter than with a big knife i agree yeah yeah so um so, so, so i'm kind of i had a guy pull uh, a knife on me once on the yeah. job and that was right. probably the s most scared i've been on the job right yeah. and i've experienced that a few times uh and 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 un unintelligently being not as scared as i should be yeah. uh when i've actually seen how people how bad people get injured by a single yeah. uh stab or whatever it's ugly and, uh, it's, it's, ugly. it's ugly it's um and, and a knife is uh life-threatening from um, quite a distance. Absolutely. Uh, That's yeah. another thing people don't realize. Uh, you know, they're thinking if the person is holding a knife and they're a couple of steps away, you're okay. Mm -hmm. You're not. It, mm -hmm. it, it, they no, close not that distance in the blink of an eye and exactly. all of a sudden you're cut. Yeah. Exactly. So you, you, I, I tell people, try the, uh, and we did this with, with kids actually who, where we spoke about this just for, for fun, but it's a serious matter. Um, we, we made them stand like, 10 yards 20 yards from each other and uh we, were, we would time it how many seconds would you take to uh, approach the approach the other guy uh, and they would guess and they always guess wrong because it's you, you just use a second to travel 20 yards if you're uh if you're fast yeah, enough yeah it's like a second or two it's crazy and it's an eye-opener when you do something like that and then they're like okay i'm gonna think yeah. a little bit differently about knives but exactly. how, how um it, it seems to be 
Well, I don't know. I don't want to say it seems to me, but I'll just ask you: How is the is 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 knives on the street on the rise? I know there were, there have been periods where it's been in the news that more and mm -hmm. more kids, especially in Oslo, are mm -hmm. running around with knives and actually using them. What what are you seeing out there? Well, in specific um, groups, uh, I think it's on the rise. Okay. Um, but 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 they are very specific. Groups, yeah, um, yeah. and and no, known talking, criminal, not talking big, what like criminal groups that you know they're yeah, yeah. some sort of gang yeah. and and that's what they do, yeah, yeah. Um, a few years ago, when I um, when I was younger, we I, I usually experienced knives on the older uh, addicts. Um, they were wearing knives just because um, they didn't trust us. They didn't trust anyone. They would have knives on and claim that it was for their own protection, but we never heard about any knife fights or anything. They just had the blades on them for yeah. um, obviously no, not no apparent reason. But as I said, they had their uh, their reasons, but there were never any or rarely any conflicts. And and now it's um, all kids think it's, it's cool, and yeah. Um, yeah. and the the gangsters to quote to quote them the young gangsters they they. They, they don't wear it for their own protection. They wear it to uh, intimidate and to be uh, cool and to, yeah. it's, it's part of a culture. I think we have, yeah. we have some young kids uh, that threaten each other's each other with knives, but, but it's very, it's very rare. And I'm a police officer in Oslo would probably tell these stories uh, differently. Sure. Maybe sure. they have some statistics that are vastly, uh, very different from 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 my uh, from my experience here, and I've I've never worked in a big city. Actually. Okay. I've, I've, uh, well, that's not true. I I worked one year in Sandefjord, which was a very okay, criminal yeah, city. Yeah. But that was that was just uh, that was my practice, my intern year, because we also have one that's year right. during our yeah. education where we um are um, where we have a mentor. Yeah. And and I got my first job there as a okay yeah. As, a, as an investigator actually and yeah. uh, but that was one year after school and then I've been here for the last eight years so you said something uh, a couple minutes back where you said that um, police work is expected to be the same all over mm -hmm. Norway the methods the, the methodology the philosophy um, yep. how practical do you think that is how wise do you think that is because Norway is not a monolith Norway is quite different from yep. area from district to district. Yeah, and I think we've already covered some of that uh, question by talking about uh, both uh, the difference between living up north uh, or rural versus city, um, where um, you have to here you have to maybe be more familiar with uh, individuals, uh, no names, no who people are and you use that as a tool as a kind of a weapon to um, I see yeah to, 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 to raise the threshold for crime because yeah. the police knows who you are right yeah. and that's that and that's a, that's a mentality uh, that's different uh, for, from the big cities to the rural cities, obviously but uh, but our but, but our methods I think they should be um, what's it called um, um, they should, people should expect our methods to be uh, to, to be a certain way, no matter where you meet the police. I see. Uh, but 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 I but I don't think it's 
you, you asked me if it's uh, how practical is it. I don't think it's. Uh, I, I don't think we work uh, 100% similarly. Uh, okay. Depending, yeah. depending on where you are, yeah. because you can't. You can't. So if you, that's that's exactly why I said if you talk to a police officer in Oslo, uh, downtown Oslo, that's worked there for 20 years, he will have a much. Yeah. He will have a different approach to uh, an individual than. I would think that the criminal element from Oslo to Jövik is pretty different. And then again, yeah. from like Jövik up to, to Finnmark, it's a totally different criminal element. Probably. But above and beyond that, I think uh, what I know is that the, the people, the citizenry is mm-hmm. drastically different, especially between up north in Finnmark in Nordthroms and here in southern Norway. The people are just the people are just different. I, I, yeah, I look at yeah. this. I look at this crazy woman I'm married to. She's she's from <laughs> she's she's from Finnmark, and uh, she's like an alien down here. She's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually it's it's a it's a long ass country. It's yeah, uh, and, and, and it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, so so the dynamic is quite different. The 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 yeah customs and just the way the people are is quite different. And I would think that that demands a differentness, if we can use that word, within the police force. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then you and then, and then you have the, um, the the methods of how we do things by the book that will always be the same, obviously. And um, when it comes to when you can uh, when you can arrest, when you can um, search, when you can seize, when you can—I mean, all of these. Um, here's a, here's a here's a what if yeah. here's a what if situation. Um, you are on patrol in your city in Jövik mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I come driving by in my car and I look over and I see you and then I get that scared rabbit look in my face look to the yeah. front roll up my window and speed up a little bit and drive quickly away right. do you have the right as a police officer to stop me to find out why I re- why I reacted like that when I saw you yes okay yeah. Yes, and, that, and that's a big difference. And, and I mean, I mean, uh, from here in the states, I guess. And this, I'll be honest. This, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got this. Uh, this is Hollywood knowledge. <laughs> well, so, so I'm wondering if I'm correct here. But yeah. you, you have to uh, have a traffic reason for stopping someone in their car, right? No. There, no. Okay. So I got that wrong. That is the Hollywood. Uh, it can be. <sighs> what we can loosely call suspicious behavior that has nothing to do with traffic. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so what our, uh, police law says, uh, it, it's a pretty wide, uh, wide law, which gives us uh, a lot of working space because it basically says that we can detain any individual as long as there is a, uh, a, a reason, a reason, a, uh, yeah, a reason, yeah, probable yeah, cause is what we would say. Yeah, yeah, but pro- I, I would translate probable cause to uh, okay. Yeah, no, pro- that's probably right. Yeah. Uh, it, anyway, the the wordings in the Norwegian law means that it it doesn't take a lot. Uh, but then they would make a difference between just stopping a random individual uh, uh, in the middle of a shopping mall, a, a guy that doesn't uh, differentiate from anyone. And, Okay. But all I have to see, all I have to see is that little different, that, that little different behavior to have a reason. I mean, um, we usually talk to kids about this because we want to, we, we want them to expe- know what they can expect from the police. We usually talk to the, I love about that. This. I love that you yeah. guys do that. Oh, I love yeah. it. 
Yeah, because because that creates less tension yes. and uh, yeah. it, it creates respect, and it yeah. also um, it also creates less um, situations where they uh, get mad at us for doing sure. what we do. Yeah. And um, and it's usually easy for me to talk to the kids about it because uh, I just have to look at the cl- at my at my watch to have a reason to 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 to, to detain a kid, right? Okay. If it's a, if it's after, uh, and we have this uh, in, in our laws, if it's after ten o'clock and you're under the age of 16 i can detain you ask you where uh, who you are why you're here where are your parents uh it's my responsibility then to make sure you're okay as a police officer is in our loss i love it yeah, yeah. and um and cars are even easier because we we flip it around i guess if i i can just say that i want to check your papers i can just say uh, For I'm, no- I'm cur- i can say that i'm curious um if if you do that to the to the same person again and again and again and again for no reason and the actual fact is that it that, that there is no reason that's not that's not uh that's obviously not okay and that would be harassment but yeah, um yeah that, that that usually doesn't happen but the situation that you described that's enough for me to call it probable cause if that's the correct uh, yeah. that's the correct translation so because that, that behavior why, that behavior gives you a reasonable suspicion that i've done something wrong or am about to do something wrong yeah at least a re- Reasonable suspicion. It's at least it's high enough for me to check it out. Okay. And yeah. um, and uh, the same goes with checking IDs. When you're in a car, you can always check your ID, obviously, because I want to check if you have a driver's license. But on the street, I can't just check your ID. Um, there has to be a probable cause. There has to be a tense legal to okay. for me to stop you. So I can't just randomly pick a guy and say, "I'm going to check if you're a criminal." I that's see. Obviously, that, that's that's not legal. But no. um, we don't do that. So. So, so you, you can stop my car and ask to check my, my driver's license, the registration mm-hmm. on the car. Can you mm-hmm. make me get out of the car? Yeah, I can make you get out of the car. But again, I, I can never make you do anything unless I have a reason. Um, so I wouldn't ask a guy to get out of the car for no apparent reason. Well, let's say um, you have a, let's say you have a reason uh, am I as a citizen allowed to ask you or to demand that you tell me what that reason is? Or do I just have to listen to you and get out of the car with no, without being explained? That's a very interesting question. Uh, and my answer to that would be that I would, ex- me personally would expect that a police officer would be able to word out the reason why he would want me to get out of the car. It shouldn't have to be, yeah, yeah. It shouldn't yeah. have to be, um, it shouldn't have to be, uh, it shouldn't have to be, it's because I'm the police, right? And that's what I uh, like I about... I don't, I don't respect that. Yeah, and that's what I like about you guys. That's kind of what I was trying to get at. I was I was playing the bad guy here. But yeah, you but guys have this thing. You guys don't have that. There seems to be a um, an, an animosity between American police and American citizens, a, a certain demographic of American citizens, that is just kind of ground into their very essence. It's an us against them and both sides are looking at it like that and i don't see that here and of course with some of the gangs and the criminal elements in norway of course they feel that but in the the citizenry in the general citizenry i don't see that us against them and i love that yeah because there's too much of that in america there's way too much of that but that doesn't exist here i don't i never see that no you're you're bad you're 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 a bad apple in, in the police if that's your if, yeah. if that's how you approach a normal citizen. Well, I don't uh, think it would be tolerated. I bet you that officer would probably lose his job. Yeah, well, you guys seem to have a you, you guys have a certain level of professionalism that 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 mm-hmm. 
you know, I don't know what all what your internal regulations are, but I just couldn't see an officer like that being an officer in Norway. No, it's a pretty good culture. We have bad apples. Sure, uh, sure. No question, no question about it. And there are differences between um, police officers in how they um, in their communication skills, obviously. And 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 I have witnessed police officers using the because I'm a police uh, argument. Uh, oh. Even though that, even though there is a cost, but they don't, but but they maybe lack the uh, conversational skills to explain yeah. what they're doing. Maybe they lack uh, experience. Maybe they actually lack some knowledge about the laws. Yeah. There, that's what I was gonna say. Is is yeah. someone saying because I'm the police? That's a that's a person who lacks some communication skills and maybe lacks some 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 uh, academic knowledge. Yeah, it, it proves ignorance, and it doesn't. Uh, it you, you can't demand respect from the person you're talking to if you don't know what you're doing. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about a while ago about the younger officers who don't have the life experience, who don't have the experience as a police officer. Right. I can imagine just to, you know, and I don't want to talk bad about the police. Like I said, I have the utmost respect for you guys, but I have seen in certain situations. Um, uh, for example, when I was working with children at my first job here, and I would see some officers who kind of went overboard mm -hmm. in their disciplinary stance to some yep. of these children. And I yep. think that that is rooted in inexperience. These guys were young officers, fairly new, yeah. and they just yeah. totally overreacted. And I think that has to do with experience. So that, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking of when I, when I question that young age of of new police officers that they yep. may not be ready for the job. Yep. Which makes it even more important for the leaders to mix it up with the experienced ones because, yeah. uh, and, and, point. and that's, that's usually a good solution to that. Yeah. Uh, you have to learn from your elders, even though they are from the old school. And that's, <laughs> that's what I was, that's what I was talking about before that. It doesn't matter what school you're from. If you've been on the streets for 30 years, you know how to handle it. You know how to communicate. You know what sure, you're doing. Sure. It's in your back. It's in your backbone, right? Yeah, yeah. It's in your reflexes. So, uh, and and the Norwegian laws hasn't changed that much in, um, well, at least not from in the time that I've been around. So, yeah, there hasn't uh, been any drastic changes in the, no, in the laws at all. No. no, 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 not really, and especially not in how we are allowed to conduct our police work. That has been the same for decades, and. Um, so, so, so even the people that are uh, thirty years above me in experience, they we we, we they they've led by the same rules for as long as they've worked. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite American cop movie or TV show? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was younger, I um, almost every Norwegian you would meet is an Anglophilian. Is that a right word? Is yeah, that a word yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we love we love America by the pop culture, and we, we've we've grown up with it. I was a big fan of the Beverly Hills Cop movies when I was young. Ah, uh, yes. I grew up, yeah, I grew up with Axel Foley. Axel Foley. Axel Foley, and I watched them over and over again. And um, I didn't tell you this, but I, I, I'm, I'm like you. I didn't want to. I never dreamed about being a cop. Okay. I, I also fell into it uh, by by chance. Um, I got uh, the dream of this job. I got after I started the academy. But but I uh, but I remember the cop movies obviously. From <laughs> so. Axel Foley made me want to drive in my convertible around Beverly Hills. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good, that's a better role model than mine. I like, uh, I like training day. 
with uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Oh, I tell you that movie. I love, I love the, I love the movie. Obviously, I, I should, yeah, I shouldn't say he's my role model. Good God, no, he's not my role model in that is movie. It, but the movie, he's was, not your police role model. But the movie is good. Yeah, <laughs> but the movie is good. Yeah, what a I, raw, I what a raw picture. But the the sad thing is, is that there are cops. There are, I mean, his whole unit was hardcore yeah. and corrupt like that. And unfortunately, oh. you know, you can go back to the, uh, to the Rodney King incident in, when was that? 1991, where that, yeah. whole, the, that whole detective unit in the Los Angeles police department was just no good. All right. All right. So I guess things yeah, like, I, things like that is what led to, to, <laughs> to movies like training day. Yeah. I, I, I would predict that it wasn't all fantasy from the director. I guess it has some. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I bet. It, I bet if you look, if you go on Wikipedia, I bet you there'll be something in there about some police consultant who consulted for that movie, and I bet yeah, you the probably. consultation was based in actual, actual things that happened in Los Angeles. Probably from a guy who didn't want his movie in the end, ending credits. He didn't want his <laughs> name in the ending credits. <laughs> no, but we actually, we, we joked about it, and we joked about it when people ask me in Norway about um, what I learned in school and I usually say that well we basically just watched Die Hard for three years <laughs> that was my main curriculum <laughs> you know we watched episodes of Cops, Cops. right because yeah, yeah. sure yeah. and critique it you know what did the officers do right what did the officers do wrong uh, we yeah, would talk about safety we would talk about you officer safety that in school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's officer right. safety, because right. if you watch those episodes, very few of those officers are concerned about, you know, keeping an acceptable distance from an irritated subject, for example. Right. Little right. things like that. So we use that to learn. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. I never thought about it. I've watched a lot of cops, but I, um, and I was also always fascinated about how, um, I've never seen an episode of Cops where I hear a stressed voice from one of the officers. I mean, maybe when they're running or when they're uh, fatigued and, and all, but when they're talking to an individual, even an aggravated one, they always have this correct manner of speaking to them. And it's the same language every time with the same sentences and the way of building up your, yeah. There is, I, I cannot remember the name of this this business, but it was a business that was started by former police officers i should actually look this up as we're talking uh mm -hmm. but they had a concept they called it verbal judo right verbal judo and it was widespread across police academies uh i believe it started like in the early 90s i was in the mm -hmm. police academy in 96 uh but uh, it's i believe it started in the early 90s and it was um it was basically exactly that verbal judo how to turn a person's words into your favor so that you could resolve right. a conflict. All right. A fa right. fascinating way of working. Uh, uh, and, and there's, there's certain phrases that they would use like, um, like, uh, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. You know, yeah. regardless of what they're saying, it can be the most right. crazy bullshit ever, but you, I understand that. And it, it's about it, acknowledging. Exactly. Acknowledging. Yeah. And everything about the way you use your hands, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yep. never, never ball up your fists, keep your hands open, right. open, you know, and, and movements like that. Uh, yep. what we call placating movements, you know, calming movements, you know, 
And right. I, t- yeah, I talk sure. like that to this day. You probably have seen me as, as I'm sitting here. I talk huh? like that to this day, but that's because of what I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then also using your hands like that, it, 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 it creates kind of like a, a subconscious, um, protective barrier between you and a combative right. subject. So it's, right. it's little things like that, that I use, I still use to this day, you know, 20 yeah. years later. So I remember, I, I remember we learned about uh, a technique called mirroring. Um, yeah. 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 I probably heard of it. Yes. And, and, and you use it to, and you use it to kids as well. Absolutely. It's hard. It's hard being aggravated to a person that is always calm. So if you are calm all the time, you will get a calm person yes. eventually. Yeah. Yeah, eventually. So that's so that's, yeah. so that's so that's mirroring. You you will you will yeah. mirror, or, or the person who is not in control will mirror the person he's talking to. See, and there's the difference between the old school policing, uh, what they learned, and the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think the old cats were learning that kind of stuff. This is Probably this not. is new stuff. Um, was more dominating. Was more. Yeah, uh, listen to me. I'm in charge. You you're know. gonna win. You're gonna you're gonna win no matter what. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that whole thing, I, I should I, I should look that up. Uh, I can't remember what the heck it was called, but the technique was called verbal judo, and it was so widespread. Yes, when you watch cops, just about every cop is using those it's techniques the same ter- the across same the whole country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very. It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if they were in Las Vegas or in uh, some uh, hillbilly country. Yeah. So <laughs> the only thing that changed was the accent, but the methodology right. was the same. <laughs> I remember we joked about it. There were it was always a skinny white guy in a, a white in a white signature every time. Chris every Rock, time. Chris Rock, the comedian, he said, "Thank right? good, thank God for cops because you see that it's not always black people who are in trouble." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So, uh, no, that's a great show. I think that's been on for like thirty seasons now. Thirty. Yeah, it's cop, yeah. cops and cops and the Simpsons. You know what? I was a diehard Simpson fan, and I say was because I think the writing for the last five years or so has been terrible. But Family Guy, yeah. If you ask me, Family Guy blows the Simpsons away. Uh, well, I would agree. My uh, agree? wife yes. hates my my wife hates it, but I love it. You know, I uh, maybe it's a guy thing. Well, you know, maybe it is a guy thing, but. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to make fun of my wife yet again, but she's just weird. Some of the stuff, I'm like, come on, isn't that funny? And she just, nope, straight face. She won't laugh. She doesn't get it. Thing about The thing about Family Guy is um, <laughs> the politically incorrect uh, oh, humor all, all the way. He, he jokes about everything. And it's you, genius and, and, and it's okay because it's, yeah, it is. He, he never steps. He never steps over uh, one. Uh, I mean, you you would think there is uh, there are lines that he he crosses, but subconsciously subconsciously you know he's not for some reason. He puts it forward, and, and I, I kind of use this as I don't know if you knew this, but I'm I also do stand up comedy, and that's one thing that I do. I'm gonna I'll joke about anything on right. stage, but it right. has to be presented in an intelligent way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just being mean. Right, and right. the writing and Family Guy is very intelligent. Uh, is. The subject matter is very volatile. It could be mean if it's presented mm-hmm. in a less intelligent way. But it's so it's smart writing. Yep, it is, and that's uh, that's actually I think also that I love these things because I'm a police officer because it's an escape from my politically con- uh, politically yeah. correct 
word world. My uh, everyday life is about not being controversial. Um, now, after being in this job, I'm also more of a public person in the local media. So, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so that's one of the things that I. But there's a certain amount of responsibility that comes with that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I can't go out. On, I can't go out in the city. Anymore. I can't drink out no. in, in my local town, I, no. uh, and, I, and I wouldn't because uh, I uh, well, I have a face. Well, I like that. That's a that's a level of pro- professionalism that I appreciate. I, I I like seeing seeing people that have that kind of attitude about it. Right, and I can choose seeing it as a negative thing, but I mean, I'm I'm old enough now that it's uh, it's, it's things I don't need, but I do need the politically incorrect humor to myself in my basement uh, now now and then just to a couple of episodes of Family Guy. From, Couple yeah. episodes of Family Guy, you know, and, and I'll come, done, I'll done. come up to you, Vic, sometime and do some stand-up comedy, and and uh, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Man, we got to do some Family Guy episodes on my, uh, <laughs> my big TV screen later. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love I so, love that show. Yeah, do you have time to do you have time to discuss uh, a little bit um, the uh, investigative techniques that you? Uh, sure, sure. We can talk for up to an, up to another hour if you want. I, wow. I'm thinking it'll be about an hour before my wife comes in here and grabs me by the throat. So yeah, right. <laughs> Domestic violence. Make Domestic sure violence. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll see what kind of police officer you are if you witness right. that. What will you do? Right. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just just. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> I see nothing. <laughs> I see nothing. No, but um, uh, I I I I spent some time thinking about this since you called me last yeah. night, and um, well. Because right now I'm um, I'm in a new job where I'm learning a lot, and I've just uh, done some etterutaning, um, some, uh, some 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 further some education, yeah, some further education, and uh, I've been f- extremely fascinated uh, about what I mentioned before about the um, the development in techniques and the development in. Um, almost morally how we look at investigating uh, criminal cases uh, in Norway. And uh, I'm very interested in hearing uh, if, well, maybe you don't know this. How long have you been in Norway? You said since 2002. Yeah. Right. So you're probably, I don't know how many colleagues you are still in touch with in in America. Uh, You know what? I, uh, wow. I could have a whole other podcast episode on that. You know, it, um, if we have time, I can tell you why I moved to Norway, but it was a pretty, I'll just say it, it was a traumatic uh, thing to have to move here, quit that job and move here. I can tell you about that later, but but in that whole process, I found it so difficult. Uh, I mean, it hurt to keep contact with my old colleagues and not be able to be in the, I mean, I was right. really, I was really right. attached to that job. So right. I... I cut off contact with them. Um, right. However, just a couple of weeks ago, I got uh, someone from those old days who now works uh, for the U.S. Marshals. I worked with him mm-hmm. at the police department there in Chicago, and now he works mm-hmm. for the U.S. Marshals. And he got in touch with me out of the blue, and it was the best thing that has happened to me in years. Wow, so I think that that has kind of stimulated me to want to go back and get in touch with those old colleagues. So I am I, I am going to do that. I think you should. I think yes. you should. Yeah, I have I, to. And I've always, well, always is again uh, false, but uh, since I became a cop, I've had this notion, I've had this small dream that I'm pretty sure I'm going to uh, complete one day. And that is taking leave of absence from my job here in Norway yeah. Yeah. after making some sort of arrangement to um, 
work in the America in America. Yeah. As uh, I mean, not work, but you know, tag along and uh, do do some ride alongs and be kind of like an apprentice type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and as for now, my my main interest is the investigation techniques. And yeah. I would like to expand my horizon and see how people think, um, what kind of methods they use, and yeah, I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan of. Um, uh, well, I'm not a big fan, obviously, because I can't remember the title <laughs> now. Um, the best cop show that uh, that has ever been made, uh, ten seasons. Uh, um, help, N- help out here. NYP- shield. The shield. No. Yeah, the shield. I've seen that as well. Okay. But I was not thinking about that. Where okay. the guy says she. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> God, I know oh, come on. Bal- Baltimore. Um, <laughs> yeah, Baltimore, right? Uh, the Wire. Thank you. The Wire. The Wire. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And, and, and that's such a. Uh, that made me really interested in. Uh, well, it. that shows how long-term planning mm-hmm. leads to the big results. Exactly. You know, you can snatch up these little uh, corner guys that have maybe, you know, $100 worth of cocaine on them, or you can wait and play the long game yep. and get $100,000 or a million, you know, yeah. And just and pa- your way Patience up. and planning, and yeah. it also gets the political. Uh, and and. And I've read about the show, and it's uh, it's supposed to be uh, very much real life. Yeah, very, they had a lot of yeah, they had a lot of uh, real police as mm-hmm. consultants to get right. things right. Yeah, right. yeah. But it's fantastic show. Yeah, very. Uh, and I've I've seen it a couple of times, and I'm probably going to see it again. But um, uh, the um, the techniques that I've trained that I've changed here in Norway, and I learned this in my uh, in my late education now is that if you go back just 10 or 15 years uh we were <laughs> we were a much more confessed based um yes. investigative police force yes. so it's, it was all about getting the confession yeah. you had a suspect and as long as you got the confession well then you're good yeah. then the case is closed um and and then as uh, go 15 years go back 15 years and you started getting all uh, all these cases that uh, came up again and it and it proved they were false confessions, or it proved the police had done yeah. uh, their work uh, not good enough, and people were wrongly convicted. A couple and of high-profile murder cases, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and you, yeah, and you were you were here for them. Yeah. So, so you would have read about yeah. this, and um, and that accelerated uh, what actually happened with uh, with police in Norway, which uh, resulted in uh, the. Tr- transition from the police academy to the to the college um and it is and, and that is what i'm a part of now i'm a part of the development of these tex- techniques and the uh the process of being pretty new at them uh, yeah. in norway um where we we're not searching for guilt we're searching for innocence uh-huh yeah which 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 is a, a radically different way of thinking where you that's very different uh, yeah yeah so uh so it's it's deductive thinking you have you have uh you have evidence that uh or you look for the evidence to prove your theory wrong it's science basically yeah 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 so you have you have several theories about why something happens who did it uh or how did it happen and you you use systematic work uh working techniques to try to prove your theory is wrong and the one theory you cannot prove wrong is the one that you have proven to be correct 
And that reverse way of thinking is our new way of thinking, and it's um, it's preventive to these uh, to these um, false convictions and these false results that we uh, that we cannot live with. I can see where that would bring about a more factual result. Yep, but it and also brings about um, more hard work, more extensive, more detailed work, and uh, yeah. Well, what demanding. are you seeing? What are you seeing in the statistics? Are more people who uh, are, you know, you're, you're arresting people, and are more of them walking out with no conviction than before? No, no, not at all. Uh, okay. I mean, it, so that it, proves it, it's effective then. This well, new method. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. And and we have and we will in a few years see. Uh, well, the more important thing is, and this is the moral subject. You would rather have um, you would rather have um, ten guilty people walk free than one innocent go to jail, right? Yeah. Um, that's debatable, maybe, but uh, but I think it's I think it's right. Um, and uh, and what you will see in a few years is that you have uh, uh, less guilty people, uh, no innocent people going to jail. Yes. Um, and of course, that's a good thing. That should be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That should be more important than putting uh, uh, more and more people or, or punishing more and more people for what they actually did. I mean, it's it, as I said, it's a, it's an ethical discussion, but I but, but but I think we reached the right conclusion. But it is more demanding. One uh, one homicide case here uh, demands a lot more resources than it did um, yeah. fifteen years ago. Yeah. Uh, at least after the initial phase of the investigation. I see. Yeah, and that's probably one of the reasons that. Um, that things cost more money. The politicians doesn't see this, uh, and uh, it's getting expensive to run a police dis uh, district doing all the right things. See, it, it's hard for me to thinking about this this change in um, the way you guys would work a case. <clears throat> you know, trying to prove the innocence rather than the guilt. Mm -hmm. um, I like the way that sounds. I, I, I can't really speak to that uh, as far as comparing to how things are done in the States because I've been gone. I've been not an right. officer for so long. I don't right. know how they're doing things these days. Right. But I but I but if I can try and roll my mind back <clears throat> to when I was an officer, I don't want to say we worked like that all the time. I think it would depend on what kind of a case. What are the facts? What are the facts that we have in front of us? Sure. Uh, but I, but when you say that, when you put words on that method of investigation, mm -hmm. it doesn't sound foreign to me. So I I, right. I would imagine that I had some cases up through the years that that, that I worked in that fashion. Right, I, and it is basically it is it, it is basically. Um, so, so what you're doing is you're being the devil's advocate. Yes, time, exactly. Right? exactly. You, you, have to you have to prepare the case for uh, for a court. Well, where I you think have to good. anticipate. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Where you have to anticipate uh, the the ways that a that a defense lawyer will uh, exactly. will, 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 will crush your case. Exactly. So you have to eliminate all of those. You have to think like uh, like the, the defensive lawyer. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's that's not what he called. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that um, almost regardless of what kind of a case it is, what kind of a crime has been committed, mm -hmm. I would think, at least the way I worked, that process of investigation, it 
entails being the devil's advocate. You have yep. to prepare your your case. You know, we can't take a, a crappy case to the district attorney. We have right. to or to the state's attorney rather. We have to we have to make sure that we are closing all of the holes, that we are mm -hmm. opening holes. You know, yep. opening up things in the case and looking at it from, mm -hmm. so to speak, in in quotes, the other side. How will the yep. how will the other side uh, uh, of this case look at it? That's yep. uh, to me. That's what a good investigator would do. It just seems mm -hmm. that you guys have made an actual policy of that, whereas. Or, or, or policy. Well, it's what it's the way you're being taught. Uh, it's it's the way we're being taught now, and it's uh, yeah. and it's very new. Yeah. And and this comes as a this also comes as um as a direct consequence of uh, much more psychology psychology and social yeah basically psychology being thrown into our education system and our and our um, and our further educations uh, after we're done uh, because this comes as a result of, of analyzing what went wrong. In the cases that actually went wrong, right? What were the what were the mechanisms uh, in exactly. the police cult in the police culture in the police way of thinking in the investigative me methods? What were the where were the errors and why did they show up? Yeah. And it's pretty it's pretty simple, but it's but it's a hard uh, psychological thing to uh, you have to force your mind to not fall into these traps, which is which is. Uh, one of the one of the things we do the most as humans is simplify things. Yeah. One of, and the other things we do most is uh, rely on the first things that are that are presented to us. So the first thing that you see, the first evidence you pick up, will if you don't concentrate, if you don't use the right methods, that's the evidence that will lead you towards a goal. That's the evidence that will uh, make you that that will make your head theory. Yeah. And. The one time that theory is completely wrong, that's where the error happens. If you let that first impression guide your way, that's uh, that we call that the um, um, well. I don't know what you call that in English. I have a Norwegian word for it. Try, uh, try me in Norwegian. Maybe I can translate it. <laughs> well, do you see this uh, poster I have back here? Yes. Yeah, you, you can't uh, you can't read it because it's too far away. Yeah, but it's, it's a little blurry. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of colors and it's a lot of words and it's it's all of the things that I've learned in the, about this investigation technique that I've, I've colored and I've written down in one poster so, so that I re remember these things. Yeah. Um, but it's um it's it, it's it's called a trap of um of decisions and beslutningsfälle decision trap. Yeah, yeah, that you fall into a certain pattern uh, that can lead you away from what the truth should be. You exactly. assume, you're assuming maybe what the truth is, or you're assuming the path towards the truth. Based on your first... Based uh, on your first, first impression, the, based on your exactly. previous, previous experiences and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. See, now that that's something... <clears throat> you, you've, you've put into words something that I applied. Because um, I have to say this, there was no, there's no real... At, at, during my time, there was no real training to be a detective, to be an investigator. You mm -hmm. just proved yourself on the street as a uniform cop, and then wow. you got promoted. Right. And and then you just started applying that knowledge that you have. Of course, with the guy, I think we were like five or six detectives, six detectives, mm -hmm. and we helped each other, and I learned from those guys. What a great bunch of guys I worked with. Wow, wow. So, so that was our school, you know, 
Right. Whereas there, and, and there is a benefit to you guys having more of a um, university approach to your police academy in that you mm-hmm. learn these psychological uh, uh, methods and, mm-hmm. and philosophies at school. We mm-hmm. learned it on the street and yeah, just applied uh, it as we, as we learned it. I don't yeah. know which way is better. I, I don't know which way is more effective. I think you, I, if you and I, <clears throat> if you and I were to sit uh, together and, and extend this podcast to, to a day long conversation, I'm sure I could learn a ton of stuff from you, but I also bet I could. And teach. Vice versa. Exactly. I think, yeah. I think it, 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 it would be wrong to say which way is better and which way is worse, but you, and I and I have a th- I have a thought about what's better with your yeah. method or, or or with your system that makes it better because yeah. I totally believe I I didn't know anything about homicide investigation until I had my first homicide case uh, mm. a few months ago. Obviously, yeah. I've read the books, I've learned the te- I've read about the techniques, but you have to. The street term is always going to win, you know. Yeah. The guys with the experience had to help me. The guys from the old school they had to mentor me, even though I was the one coming in with the book information, right? Yeah. But but the big difference that I'm that I'm imagining um, is still uh, because you said it a couple of times. You said that being an investigator is a, a step up. Yeah. In America, right? That's the promotion. Absolutely. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. A, a patrol officer is is lower. I'm I'm guessing on the pay grade and on the uh, stars on the shoulder and everything, an investigator is better, right? Not necessarily pay wise, because seniority, okay. you know, time on the job means a whole lot, or it did okay. back then in the states. Okay. So you could, uh, when I first became a uh, a detective, there were several patrolmen who made more money than me okay. on their flat salary. But then, because of how much I worked. I, good Lord, I made, I made, I made a lot of money because I I was working, you know, we worked these cases until they were done. There were some nights where we slept on the floor under our desk. So, and that's, and, and that method of working and that culture, uh, that you have in the States when it comes to detective work, we do not have that here. It's rigid. It's, uh, our, our work times are rigid. Our overtime, oh, our, our overtime budgets are rigid, and it's always, even though the cases are big. I mean, when when the serious things happen here, a murder is re- relatively rare here, obviously. So when a murder happens, uh, even the bosses say, "Okay, just work," but but not too much. You can't sleep on the uh, under your desk. You won't be. You, you you're not allowed to come back to work. Yeah, so well, you guys have you guys have so many labor laws as well that are in place yeah. to protect yeah. the workers. Yeah, um, of course it's positive, but I mean. We, we worked, uh, you know, if we were in a case, our our boss expected us to just give him a call. If he wasn't at work, if he was off that day or that Mm -hmm. night, just give him a call and let him know what's going on. And then we would just keep working. Right. And there's also the, there's also the cultural element in itself with, uh, and that's what I mean by, um, the detective work being something that you strive for. Yes. Yeah. That has, it has not been like that in Norway for uh, many many years, and one of the main reasons is um, uh, the um, you, you don't get an extra uh, pay uh, pay grade to to be wow. a detective. You don't need extra education because everything is given to you in college, right? So so yeah. I actually got it. I was actually a detective first day after I went out from school. That's that was my first job. But but 
but when you work on the street here, you have the uh, turmus, you have the uh, shift, the shifts, the right? Shifts, so you yeah. work night, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So you work nights, uh, nights and days and, um, and and evenings, and that's that's basically where you get your uh, your payments. Wow. That, that's what. <laughs> so so you make a lot of you, you make a lot more money with, in my opinion, less responsibility. I see. Uh, yeah. So so I think that we are going. Uh, they have something that's called that's called the etterforskningsløft, the investigation lift, uh, which is an outspoken goal again to try to lift the um, uh, the art of investigate, investigating. But, but what they are missing, because they are giving us all this education, but what they are missing is the opportunity to actually make more money, go up in grades, and 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 for it to be. Um, uh, a, a job you want for it to be um, to be worth something it, yeah, is, yeah, yeah for something you strive for, for. yeah and uh, and we do not have the culture that yours it's it's a romantic thing for me to hear you speak about how you work the cases I see I'm lucky I'm lucky now because I only have the big cases which means I almost get to work the way you do all the time uh-huh. but but most of the people around me here they work with the very important cases, uh, don't misunderstand me because all the cases are important sure, to the public, sure, you know? Sure. But, f- but for a police officer, the, uh, the thrill of working a big case, the thrill of being able to dive into an investigation to look for the solution. We, I see too much, uh, paper, too much paper trail here, too much, uh, too, too, too much, just getting the cases out of the way to yeah, be, uh, yeah. to be able to get new ones in. So I miss that. I, I want that. Well, I tell you, as you say, it sounds almost like a almost romantic, almost like a Hollywood fantasy. Well, it it was also like that for me as I was going through it. Right, right. Uh, it, it was it was so exciting. Even when it wasn't exciting, it was exciting. Right. Uh, just knowing that anything could happen at any time, and then and then to you know, I was I was a crime scene investigator. Wow. You know, fingerprints and, and, and blood traces and, and all that mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, some homicide investigations, gangs, drugs. It was, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, wow. there's a lot, yeah. there's a lot of heartache in there. There's a lot of challenges, moral challenges, personal challenges, but, but my gosh, was it, was it something to learn from? And it was fun. And, and you had, um, status you know i felt like yeah i'm i'm doing something important and i was and it was recognized by my colleagues and by my friends and by my family as something important and yeah. vital and you always, and you all, all always worked with other people i guess yeah i had uh for the most part i had one partner uh mm-hmm. wonderful guy uh, I, I learned a lot from him Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember the first uh, the first big uh, investigation we had uh, together. We had, and we had a we had a few, but the first one that we had together and just and I was just like his his assistant and I just got to watch him and learn from him and he explained things and I and I could sit in on the interrogation um, and when he got tired he'd go out I'd go in and then he'd, mm-hmm. he'd critique right. me afterwards. So so <clears throat> it was it was a it, it was a constant learning process it was a constant challenge and and just you know to to go from being this country boy from ohio Mm -hmm. to that kind of a life it just uh, wow well i I tell you i i am i am a blessed man i am so i i've had an exciting life that 
those police like it. those police years are only part of part of it. I have had such an exciting life, but I think the time in my life where I grew uh, the most is probably those police years. Yeah, yeah. I would I would imagine yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, and 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 that's why I pointed out. Or I mean, when I pointed out that you work with other people, I think that's also uh, and you and you talked about status. I think too many detectives in Norway sit by themselves alone working cases. Uh, so and, we were um, we were, um, and, and I almost get emotional when I start talking about it. We were, um, I think, we were six detectives that mm -hmm. fluctuated up or down one or two from time to time. But we were six guys. And uh, when we had some downtime, when nothing really much was going on, we were there to, and that would be like our informal debrief. If you know, if yeah, we were stressed right. out because the, and we and and I don't exactly. know, I, I can't, I, I don't know how to put words on that. But we would just just sit down and talk and talk shit and laugh and make fun of each other. Of course. And then when the work came. You were, we had one detective who worked by himself, but other than that, we were always paired up in twos. Mm -hmm. So you always had that partner there. Um, where you can bounce off of. Where you can bounce ideas off of. They can mm -hmm. set you on the right path if you're starting to mm -hmm. get a little bit distracted. Mm -hmm. um, they protect you so many times with, you know, uh, like I said, my last day on the job, we caught a guy and he was armed after, after hold, uh, sticking up a, a grocery store. Right. And, and your partner's there. They got your back. They're protecting you. And, and it's, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's beautiful. And I that understand is a, that you get emotional. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it, was, it was a beautiful, beautiful learning phase in my life. Mm -hmm. And I wish that officers in Norway, that detectives in Norway could experience that. And it would be so simple as to just demand that there is a, team of investigators and they work together this okay. this idea of one detective sitting at his desk you know in the small hours of the morning or the night that, mm -hmm. sh that shouldn't be happening there should always nope. be always be a team exactly always. and there's a development here and i'm i want to be a part of that and that's uh and the things that you're talking about there is even making it even more inspirational for me to try to it's important to try to, to, yeah to try to guide guide the um police station in that direction because the problem is that we don't have enough we don't have enough uh, guys for it basically we are we have two we have about 450 cases here at any time divided Good. in a di divided of a uh, over a handful of detectives Good literally Lord. see and that goes back to that whole phenomenon of having educated officers uh coming out of the police academy and there's no job for them that that yeah. just blows my mind yeah, when they are when they are when they are so needed, so that's. Uh, but see, if that, you that, that, if, yeah. if if you're if you were to if the if the detective aspect if the, if that environment could be restructured so that it gains more status within the police, mm -hmm. uh, more pay, mm -hmm. um, and it's structured in a way that is more of a team effort. Yep. I think it would change not only the police environment, but it would change the society as well because a lot of citizens are jaded. A lot of citizens, you know, we talked about it. They're not going to call the police because they know they're not going to come. And that's right. not just, that's not just in the way out in the districts. 
uh, here in the city. You know, there's people who might get their home broken into and they'll never call the police because they know that case is going to sit there. Uh, and uh, all respect to you guys. You guys are doing the best you can, but you're not mm -hmm. enough people. So nope. cases sit and sit and sit. Oh, they sit for a long. And that was actually also a question that I had for you. Did you, were you enough guys? Did you have, because well, is it like, is it like you see in the movies that you get one case and you and your partner work until that case is done and what, and, and only when that case is done, you get presented with a new case because that's, that's what, that would be a wonderful way of work. Well, Yes, and or a, couple, yes, or, a couple, yes. or a couple of three, four cases. Yes, yeah, a couple, three, or four. We were enough yeah. to where it would be, you know, and then and then we could prioritize, you know, if there if there is a uh, if there's a burglary where maybe only a uh, hundred dollars worth of merchandise was stolen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we could put put that to the side a little bit, or maybe right. hand it off to one of our colleagues who has a little bit less to do. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, when a big case came up, we dropped what we were doing. I can give you an example. <clears throat> we yeah. would be, um, we would take turns being on call. Now this was back before, <laughs> before cell, well, we had cell phones, but they were cheap. And <laughs> so we had pagers. All so right, the right. on call pager would get passed around. So, um, uh, you know, the pager goes off in the middle of the night, uh, you know, two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I, I call into the station and they tell me, um, they tell me there's a, uh, there was a burglary. Right. So I get up, I go there, I collect all the evidence. I, I'm the evidence technician. Mm -hmm. And then I just continue with that case. Mm -hmm. Do all of the investigating, uh, interviews, interrogations, all that stuff. That's my right. case. Right. And, and, and that's, that's a very important thing to own your case, right? I was just going to say, it gives you a yeah. certain level of ownership. It gives you mm -hmm. a certain level of pride exactly. in the work you're going to do. This isn't a case for the South Holland Police Department. This is my case. This yep. is my reputation. Yep. You take right? pride in solving this. And if you don't, or right? if you do something wrong, it's on you. And that's, that's, we're, we're we've lost that somewhere along the line in, in Norway. We, we had, we had us, and I, this is one thing that I don't think has changed over the years with, with police work. I do believe that when you, especially a new detective, you're a new detective. And because of the way that those detectives own their cases and it mm -hmm. goes very much on their personal uh, work, moral and their own personal um, uh, way of being viewed by their colleagues. Mm -hmm. th th there's a certain beauty in that. There's a certain romanticism mm -hmm. uh, that's firmly planted in reality yep. with that. Yeah. And, and the and the result of it is also better quality, probably. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the public sees that. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there will be cases of, you know, whatever kinds of cases uh, that happen here in Norway, and then they sit for so long before a single suspect gets, gets uh, interrogated by the police. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've always wondered how in the world does that make the investigator feel? Yeah, that he or she so. is in, is interviewing someone who supposedly did some sort of crime, you mm -hmm. know, eighteen months ago. Mm -hmm. Right. I would imagine. It's and embarrassing, I don't, almost. Well, it, embarrassing and not very motivating. Right. Exactly. It's a totally different feeling from that investigator's point of view. If um, uh, a husband beat his wife two hours ago, mm -hmm. and you're in that case right now talking yep. to the victim 
and the the offender or the suspect, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're trying to get to the bottom of it. That is a totally different feeling. Yep. It also gives the victim a totally different experience. Very important point. Very if important a woman, point. for example, a woman has been beaten by her husband, and when those police come within 5, 10, 15 minutes, and they mm-hmm. take the husband away for questioning, and she's getting taken care of, and she's being referred to psychological help if she needs mm-hmm. it, that that's going to have a completely different effect for that woman and for the entire family. Let's yep. think about if there's children in that home, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. it, it just, I don't know. It, it does, it does something for the police department, but also something for the society just Obviously. to say it shortly. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. So, so, so fortunately we were able to work in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there was a certain level of excitement that I always felt, you know, here's a case that just happened. You know, the clock is ticking. Yep. How am I going to get to the bottom of this? Yeah. And that was, I, I, I cannot replace, I, I have not been able to replace that feeling since I then. Uh, and I don't think you will. No, I, I, I can't. <laughs> so it's, you, 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 you can find other things, but you won't replace that exact feeling. And, yeah. And, and, and this is what I, this is what I tried to say before that too many uh, detectives uh, have that job where they, uh, when they're done with one case that took too long, they have to take the next case and it's two months old and you call the suspect and you call the victim and they've almost forgotten about their, their own case. Right. And it's not that important to them anymore. And uh, the word motivation is, uh, is crucial here. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we are human, uh, you know, within that humanity, there has to be a certain level of, of professionalism. You know, you, you're, you're going to do the best you can, but of course, but, but, you can do the best you can, but also not be very motivated. <laughs> yep. Do you understand? Yep. And that is yeah. going to bring about a different way of tackling that case. Yep. So the motivation is crucial. Motivation yep. is crucial. So raise a little, put a little bit more status in that investigator role in Norway, mm-hmm. put a little mm-hmm. more pay, m- more money into it and put a little more structure, make it, it's make it some sort of unit, the investigative yep. unit. There's yep. something important about that, that, sense of belonging to something special because it is something special. And I'm not trying to say that the, 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 the patrol cops are, are less than, I'm not saying that. They have their own experiences that they can't replace with anything, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, ah, police work. <laughs> I love yep. It. You can talk about it forever. And, 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 I, and, it's, and I'm hoping and I'm thinking that, um, the, the, that the, uh, the plans for this are there. I, they speak highly of it. I'm just, I, I just fear that it's going to be a while before we're there. And that's, that's political because all we need is money. That's, but, but everybody can say that, right? But uh, you would think that the police and the uh, hospitals, uh, which, basically are the ones in society that gets yeah uh, that should get the most get the least that's my but but again you as i said before you're in a good position to influence that you know i'm i'm sure you're doing uh uh good work i'm sure you're doing influential things and with you being as young as you are you're going to carry all of that experience further and as you, uh, the longer you're there and the more experience you get, the more respect you'll get, the more you'll be heard and the bigger influence you'll have. So I, I, I can see you doing great things. I yeah. hope so. Thank oh, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, and, and I, I mean that. I mean, it is, you, you are in a very special position right now. You're in a pivotal, this is a pivotal point in police work in Norway. Yep. 
Um, it can either That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It can either stay the same. And I believe that by staying the same, it's staying the same. It's actually going to get worse because the criminal dynamic is changing. So if police work stays the same, it will in essence become worse or it can get better because of new thinking like you, like you have. Yep. And, 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 uh, what you said there is also obviously important, which makes it a little hard and I am more understandable that this will cost a lot of money because, Crime, crime is changing. We are uh, par- parallel to this. We are living in a time where uh, I experienced this uh, a whole lot working with kids from 2012 to 2018. Because what happened in that exact period? Well, every kid on the planet got a cell phone, and internet uh, made the world smaller. And I usually say this to parents when I talk to them: What is the most important thing right now? Well, be restrictive with giving your kids a phone because, yes. yeah, because we have literally thousands of cases every year just here. Thousands of cases that would never happen if kids didn't own a phone. Um, and, and that's just an example about how fast we could we, we could translate this into uh, more uh, advanced crime and uh, which which takes more out of a police district much more than before yeah i i would imagine and that's a yeah we have technology but i would still say that those type of crimes are can be very difficult to follow up and get to the bottom oh, yeah. of yes. cyber crime and these things that kids are experiencing on their cell phones is not the easiest thing to trace no and it's we uh, have our uh, method uh, you you have your me- i keep saying we you have your me- <laughs> oh it is we <laughs> <laughs> we let, let me say brother. <laughs> we have our we have our methods but it's but it, it's still not an easy thing to get to the bottom of and i think nope. it's pretty rampant i think a lot of kids unfortunately are are exposed to a lot of things that they don't need to be if the parents would just be tougher yep and be more present and how yes. are you present and how can you be present in your in your child's digital life, you, you you almost certainly cannot be if you give them a cell phone. Um, so, yeah, I'm just getting some water from my lovely wife. Oh, wow, hiding from you because she's ashamed. <laughs> she sh- she I'm, I'm, the, I'm the ugliest one in the house, so she shouldn't be ashamed. <laughs> See, he's looking at me, all right? See? Huh? <laughs> Show your face, boom shika. <laughs> uh, she's the best she's the best wow i'm happy for you uh thank you i i i have a i have a good life here in norway i uh, yeah. it's not home you know i'm homesick all the time uh but uh but this is this is good i am enjoying myself right. here are you traveling back uh, uh rapidly you know what we we just canceled our trip today uh because we were supposed to travel I believe it was the 22nd of June to go back home to Ohio. Just a little bit too early, probably. Yeah, you know, and and if we did it, then our insurance wouldn't cover it because of the travel restrictions, and it's just too risky, and, and, you know, everybody has been healthy here in the house so far, and we're trying to keep it that way. I, um... Tomorrow actually is going to be my first day going back to the gym. I I compete in powerlifting. Um, I'll be honest, I saw... Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not just air under here. There's, uh, there's, <laughs> um, and, and also I saw it on your Facebook page. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so tomorrow will be the first day going back to the gym. But we have all kinds of um, 
well thought out restrictions that are put in place. They have separated the powerlifting platforms, and you have to schedule. You have to schedule going in, um, so that there's only a, a certain amount. I don't remember what that is, but I go so early, I'll be there by myself. Actually, this is this is actually interesting. This, no? is, is, is this an official gym in Drummond? This is no. It's not an official gym. This is in uh, under the influence of uh, the powerlifting club Drummond Stirki Idretslag. Oh, okay, okay. So there's different rules for that than there are for the regular gyms. If you are yeah. part of an organized uh, athletic organization, then there's a certain rules. Um, right. So they've put in place all of these rules, and uh, it's very restrictive. You have to schedule when you're going to go so that it's not crowded with people. So I scheduled myself to go at 8 in the morning. I like training early anyway, so I'll be the only one there. So that's Even, even though it doesn't feel like it, that's when you have uh, the most energy. Well, I've I've always uh, I can go back to when I was a kid in my uh, well my entire childhood from the time I was what seven years old mm-hmm. uh, playing American football and that whole thing with getting up uh, to train in the summertime you know get up at like four thirty in the morning wow and go to the high school and, and we would start having our two a day training sessions in the summer before school started up so ever right. since then I've always I, just, I love training early I've had periods uh, even as an adult where I would you know get a special key at the gym and go there and train you know four or five six in the morning before work that's and my so time that's my time right. to train yeah right and it's a wonderful it's a wonderful hobby any type of I also do not power powerlifting, but my my passion is always w- also weightlifting. And I've okay. in these in these Corona times, man, what am I gonna do? It's been well, it's been since since March twelfth twelfth now, and I'm the body weight exercises are not the same. <laughs> that and that's what I've been doing. I've actually taken a break from that the last week and a half or so. But uh, all during this Corona time, I've been doing body weight exercises in my garage. Yeah. But um, here, and not too long, in a couple of weeks, I'll be getting my own equipment, and I'll have pretty much a full powerlifting gym in my garage. In your in your garage. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. that's 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 a dream come true. Well, and thank God for that kind woman I have who let me spend the money on that. <laughs> <laughs> and, she's, and she's parking her car outside of the garage as well. <laughs> no, you know, we're, we're lucky. We have a, um, what do you call that? Um, our driveway actually has, a, our bedroom actually is above our driveway. So it's like oh. a long covered, so we don't really need our garage for the car. So it's perfect. All right, right. It's perfect, wow. yeah. Wow. We got a, got a good yeah. situation. I tell you, I, I don't like living in the city. Uh, when we lived in the Chicago area, I hated it. You know, I'm raised in, in, in uh, suburban, you know, rural Ohio. So uh-huh. I, I don't like living in the city. I don't like Drummond as a city. All right. But if I have to live in a city, I like that it's Drummond because as far we as cities, we, we do have space in this area where, where we are. Um, and, and that's important to me i can't have that thing where i open my window and the neighbor is watching me change my underwear i can't i, just, I need <laughs> it's probably more traumatic for the neighbor than me but that, <laughs> no i no i'm this i'm the same we also live out in the woods and i love yeah. it. it's uh, to have the uh be woken up by the birds instead of uh there you go yeah so. but, but we still have our farm up on uh up on uh Siland, up in finnmark we still have that oh you so, still own a farm yeah there? yeah yeah so wow. that's our uh that's where my wife's father uh grew up uh right. it's right uh, on the island there right on the coast our front yard is the ocean 
So that's wow. uh, that's our summer place. We're gonna try and get up there this summer. You know, we can't go home to Ohio, so we're gonna go home to Silent. And you're gonna be able to go there. Uh, Norwegian vacation is. It's the way to go now, I guess. And uh, I'll go abroad in 2021. I've always been the kind of person that, you know, if we're not traveling home to the States, then I have plenty of fun doing a, <laughs> summer, doing a summer vacation here in Norway. There's just so much to see. And even if I don't want to see anything new, we have our place up north on Cylon, and that's good enough for me. It's beautiful. Oh, you're going to you're going to see the whole of Norway driving up there. So. I've so. done that several <laughs> times, actually. Um, yeah, right. That was, that was my first... That was my first experience when I came here. Um, I came here the 5th of June, uh, 2002. We had, uh, we slept one night at her parents' house, two nights at her parents' house. And then we got in the car and uh, drove from uh, Hudum up to, mm-hmm. up to Ceylon. So oh. that was my first impression of Norway was that drive going, going yeah. up there and just and you got to see the whole thing, <laughs> got to see, got to see the whole thing. And then when we came back South, we drove, uh, through Sweden. Right. So I got to see that. And it was yeah. just, uh, so I, I not gotta, as good, not as good. <laughs> no, not, no, not as good. And, I, and actually it's more difficult to drive through Sweden because that road, uh, that main, I don't know what the road, the main road going through, uh, through Sweden, especially from Östersjön and up over, is just totally dead. There's nothing there, and you yeah. get tired, and it's monotonous. And then all of a sudden, here come a hundred rain, reindeer, and it's, <laughs> it's 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 dangerous. It's just yeah, uh, yeah, it not safe, not safe at sleep, all. Sleep, sleeping and driving half the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I got a very good, uh, very good impression of Norway right from the right from the beginning. And then when we came back south from uh, from Finnmark, we went out west to Bergen. So you've lived there? Ba- Bergen, to Bergen. Yeah, so you, you've lived there? No, 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 we dro- drove oh, out you there. just drove there. Yeah, 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 right, just, right, yeah, yeah. Just, just drove out there just to check it out and then up to, to uh, I don't think we went to Ulesund, but we were in the area out. Yeah, so I, I've, I've seen pretty much all the places there are to see in Norway. Wow. So uh, It's a beautiful country. Yeah, I, I tell you, I, it still fascinates me that I live here. I've been and here one for... Day, and one day I'll try Ohio and Chicago because I've never been. Oh, well, I recommend you. Ohio. <laughs> you recommend Ohio, yeah. <laughs> no, I can't say anything bad about Chicago. Chicago, downtown Chicago, is is a great tourist spot. There's a lot to it see is? there. Oh, absolutely. It's oh. safe, um, uh, and it's a good tourist spot. Uh, safe during the day. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. But uh, but uh, to live there, it just it was never my thing. It really right. it really wasn't. I felt more at home when when we moved here to Norway, to tell the truth. Oh, Norway, that's, that's the, nice. rural Norway is more is similar to what I grew up in in Ohio. So right, yeah. right. So you have had wooden houses in Ohio. <laughs> Wood, I guess. Wooden houses, no shoes, um, <laughs> <laughs> no polar bears in the street. And no polar bears in the street. <laughs> did uh, you grow, did did you? So you were in Chicago because I'm watching this Netflix series right now that everyone is watching about the Michael Jordan era. I haven't seen that yet. I have not seen that yet. But were you in Chicago when that was oh, yeah. in the nineties? In the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. yeah, were you were you ever? Did you see him live ever? No, I I never did. Um, when I say I was working a lot, I was working a lot. You were working a lot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, a, a lot. So I didn't. I never got to make it to a Bulls game. Never got to All make right. it up there. All right. Uh, I did. I think I can say this without saying the the, the guy's name. Um, 
hold on a second. Uh, okay, that's, that's just my uh, SD card in my mixer telling me I have 15 minutes left before the card is full. Um, oh, we've, we've spoken for two and a half hours. Wow, like, so. two, hour, two hours and 12 minutes. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, uh, I did um, have to put handcuffs on a professional basketball player. Oh, really? And we talked earlier about you have to have the verbal skills. Yeah. Now, you, you've seen my Facebook. I'm a big, strong guy. Yeah. I always have been. Yeah. Um, but this guy. <laughs> <laughs> when people think of professional basketball players, they think they're these tall, skinny, you know, but these right. guys are, they're, they're tall, but they're not skinny. They're lean. They're hard yeah. as a rock, full of right. muscle. Right. And this guy, it was a domestic violence uh, situation. He was all oh. on, on his wife. So when we came, he was still kind of, you know, uh, excited and, and aggressive. Oh, yeah. So I had to talk this guy down. Right. Uh, and I did. And I'm so glad I did. I've, I have never stood next to someone as big as this guy. I'm talking both in height and width. His and with wrist, that. his yeah. wrist was at least twice the thickness of a regular wrist. Wow. I remember putting the handcuff on him, and I can only click it once. I had it on the first <laughs> click, and then I had to chain together two more pairs. So he had three pairs of handcuffs. Oh my god, and, that's a big guy. And, and luckily, we 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 talked him down, and he was calm. I'll never, I will never forget that. That's some verbal judo. Right That's there. some verbal judo right there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling story. him. I said, I remember telling him, and this is this is kind of that that uh, that uh, that that uh, ugly humor that that police officers have. But I remember right. telling the guy, you know, you you just got done kicking your wife's ass. You've got all of that out of you now. There's no <laughs> reason to be aggressive anymore. <laughs> And he's like, oh yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, you're right. We just kind of slowly talked him down. So, oh, that's a good, that's a very good sentence. That's a very good approach. And we didn't get to talk too much about that, and we don't have time to talk a lot about it either. But, but I, but I, I urged, I, I wanted to mention how important as well. I think the um, the morbid humor is extremely important in our profession. We I think it. it's very important. I think yeah. it's very important in life. Um, now it, yeah. it got me through a lot of a lot of that time as a police officer. Got yeah. me through a lot of my time in the Marines as well. That that dark humor where you can laugh at something that is actually traumatic and sad. It's it simply takes the pain away. It, it does. It? Yeah. Well, I I can give you a, I can give you an example in in in, uh, in my current life. Um, I lost my son to a heroin overdose in November, the fifth of November, twenty nineteen. He died from a heroin. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. No, I'm he was. Sorry. Uh, his birthday was just yesterday. Actually, he would have been twenty five yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. It's it's very sad. But <clears throat> in my stand up comedy routine, I actually put some things in there uh wow. and put some humor on it i have to because yeah. i don't I how don't, can you how can you not how can you how, not? how how can a parent be prepared to deal with something like that and i'm just lucky that i have the platform to put some humor on it and actually you know work with that and get it out that's so that's, that's, that's actually part of my that's part of my that's part of my stand-up routine and couple of times when i've been trying to get that bit out you know during my routine uh -huh. i'm almost in tears even as i'm saying Joking. the joke it has an interesting effect on the crowd so but uh but 
but uh, it, but it's, it's, but it's, but it's therapeutic. real and as long as, long it's as therapeutic. It's real. yeah it's therapeutic yeah. for me i have i have to do that i don't know how else to to, to deal with it yeah because so, you um, yeah because you can talk a lot about um nourishing pain right? yes you absolutely. can talk a lot about nourishing pain and i it's a real uh, thing yeah yeah and i obviously have nothing that compares with your experience uh, and i hope I'll, i never will but but in our profession, seeing that much pain with people, I've, I've talked to so many people who've had similar experiences and, uh, and, and um, in the profession and it does something to you. And co coming back with a colleague, not always having to have that serious mind, not always having to yeah. have that, yeah. um, that way of talking about it and just being... Well, that dark humor is really, yeah. yeah, that dark humor is therapeutic. Um, it's a life, it's a lifesaver. Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't think, you know, th there used to be this image. I don't know how, how real this is in today's police force, but there used to be this image of the hard, tough cop. He mm -hmm. never cries. There's no emotion. I think mm -hmm. that if you are that kind of a cop, there's something wrong. Yeah. If you don't have feelings in this, if you don't have some emotion in this, if you're not affected by this job, uh, there's there's something wrong. There's something yeah, you, wrong. You need both empathy and humor and communicative skills. It's not just a simple job, and it's that's not. what and that's what makes it. It's that, that's what makes it so interesting, and that's why that's why we could probably talk about it for four more hours. Oh gosh, if, yeah, if, if, <laughs> if, if 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 we if we had the opportunity. <laughs> well, if I if I invite you to or when I invite you to come back, would you come oh, back? Thanks. Yeah, obviously we we yeah. haven't we haven't spoken have about a, have everything lot, that we can. Yeah, we have a lot more to talk about. We do. Um, well, my my SD card is telling me I have nine minutes left, but uh, so we should start wrapping it up then. But um, <clears throat> you you had said uh, that you would like to do a ride along um, in in the states. Have you taken mm -hmm. any steps towards making that happen? No, not yet. No, I've, uh, it's just something you want to do when the time is right. When the time is right, and yeah. when I say and when I say right along, I, I, I'm actually uh, I'm actually more uh, keen on uh, experiencing the uh, the thing you just talked about about the uh, investigating, yeah, and the the process of investigating, getting a new case, seeing how you, yeah, how, Jesus, seeing how you tackle a new case and um, yeah. how you investigate. So maybe being. Uh, oh, also being part of a ride along obviously but um but actually most, being yeah. you know kind of glued to the shoulder of a detective as he goes through his yep. casework i tell you just about any department in the states would be would be open for something like that even I, from a norwegian oh absolutely uh, especially <laughs> i think uh, <laughs> but i think especially because you're 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 from another country yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of interdepartmental cooperation, uh, among the different departments and different jurisdictions in the States. Right. And they're open to that. So if you were to come from another country, that would just be exciting to them. It'd be, a, it would be a chance for them to share, you know, learn something from you as at the same time as they teach something. Right. And, and there is an international police, uh, who, uh, I don't know what to call it. There is a club. Yes, <laughs> That's not what yeah. it's called, but but there is an international forum. There is forum of, of some part, which I'm a member of. I just haven't uh, made an active step towards contacting everyone. So this would yet. be something probably then that uh, the Norwegian police would help to fund. You wouldn't have to pay for all this yourself to get there and housing and whatnot. I, I mean, guess it. There I guess is some it depends on the format. Yeah, but exactly. If you were to kind of put it forward in such a way that's that's 
you know, beneficial, mutually beneficial. I would imagine there would be some sort of funding that you could get. Yeah, probably. Uh, Especially if I came back with some sort of report, some sort of learning, some sort of, of, uh, yeah, maybe run an article in the, uh, because we have some, some, um, some police papers or whatever you want to call it. Yeah could write an experience article or something. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's obviously possible and it, uh, I just need the, um, right amount of experience need to be ready. My kids need to be a little bigger. And, uh, when the time is right, I'm yeah. thinking, I'm thinking a month or maybe two. And that would be nice. That I'm sure you would enjoy cool. that. You would, yeah. you would enjoy that. Oh, that would be living. And maybe just maybe we could, and this is, this is me joking, but I'm actually serious. We need to change these into yes. met- metal badges. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. Yeah. There's something that's not quite police about exactly. that. <laughs> uh, for those who are not, uh, for those who are just listening, he showed me the, uh, the Norwegians, they don't have a, a badge, so to speak. It's like an ID card that's yeah. in a plastic cover case that they it's wear in a chain around the neck. It's... it's <laughs> I, I guess I've just gotten used to seeing that, but it is kind of weird, actually, now that I think yeah. about it. Yeah. In my inner pocket, I should have a badge so that I can say, John Flip it out and, yeah. homicide. <laughs> 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 well, hey, listen, I truly enjoyed this, and the only reason I'm stopping is because my memory card is about to run out. Well, um, I loved it as well. Likewise, it was uh, wonderful. It, the time went on fast. Wow. Yeah, it did. I mean, this was like I said. I've been, I've really been looking forward to this. So I'm, I'm grateful that you took the time to, uh, to talk to me. I'm, I'm it's flattered. It's my pleasure. It's I'm my flattered. pleasure. I'm flattered. It's my pleasure. So everybody, that is Jon Ivan Melby, a cop in Norway. Thanks, Jon Ivan. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everybody. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. home. I'm coming home. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm coming home. Yes, I am, my Lord. Oh, 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 oh,